everyone and welcome to episode 610 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast with me, Gemma. And me, Michael. Today we're talking about episodes broadcast in the UK between the 9th and the 12th of January. Episodes 11,158 to 11,163. Happy, no it's not Happy New Year, we've already done one this year. Happy New Year anyway, how's it going? How's 2024 going? How's it going for you Gemma so far? Having a good year so far? No, terrible. Terrible. Gemma's been doing a deadline again this week, haven't you? Which is why we haven't done our predictions yet for the programme. One of the reasons why we've both been very busy. But I hope you enjoyed our um, recap of 2023. We've almost finished talking about 2023. We do have the Bobbins Awards coming imminently. But um, we'll try and do our predictions and uh, things like that in next week's episode. But yeah, hopefully um, hopefully you agreed with some of what we talked about. It was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Good good little summary. Um, so, any anything... Going on in your life, Gemma? Do you want to do a quiz? Yeah. Okay, right. 8th to the 12th of January, years ending in a 4 and a 9, and I source this information from coronationstreet.fandom.com. Question number one. 8th of January 1999, first appearance of which character who appeared as an assistant for Fred in the shop? Ashley. Ashley Peacock. No. What? Nita. Nita? Oh yeah, 1999. <laughs> I wasn't even listening to the question. <laughs> How silly of me. Well, that'll teach me, won't it? Throw that mark away. Oh my gosh. 9th of January, 2019. Who is revealed to have stolen £80,000 from Audrey? Which date? 2019. <clears throat> um, Nick? Nick? Nick. Nick. Good, I thought so. <laughs> 10th of January 1999. What new venture do Fred and Ashley try? Oh, I don't know. Um, no, no idea. Opening a butcher counter in Freshco. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'm doing pretty terribly today. Uh, 11th of January. I'm distracted by there being a cat here. She's just being very adorable. That's why they don't let the money wants to be a millionaire. Eleventh <laughs> of January, nineteen eighty nine. Who dies in a lorry crash? I don't even know that. Nineteen eighty nine. Is it on screen or off screen? Is this something I, I should doubt really it's know? On screen. I don't it's the know. The father of two characters. <laughs> um. I don't know. Who was it? Eddie Seddon. Oh, God. I'm not, don't feel Sally too bad about Gina. not knowing that one. Oh, my gosh. Final question. I've got one right so far. Yeah, this is shocking. Will I, will I get this one before you answer it? Just yeah, you should so get can, this one. Sorry, so I can get my expectations in check. 12th of January, 2004. How does Scylla plan to get money out of Rita? By, by, by saying that she knocked Chesney out and bashed his head and made things worse than it actually did. She just gave him a clip round the ear. It was fine. Is that the answer? So how is she going to get money from Rita? Compo. Take her to court. Black, yeah, blackmail. Drain her for all she's got. There we go. Two, Two out of five. Pretty Please. terrible. And that goes to show that you almost always listen to the question, which is what I say, you know. You say it as a teacher. Cool. Right, say. listen. There are, two, there are only two birthdays this week. Right. Uh, two of them, I think. <laughs> this chance for me to get some extra you points. Could win. You could get some points there. They're two of your most favourite characters. Characters? Actors. Oh, well, the actors who play two of your most favourite characters. I don't know. What, current characters? One of them's current, one of them's not. <clears throat> I really don't know. For goodness sake. I'm just trying to help you out. I here. know, but I, I like so many characters. 
Go on, just tell me. I'm, not, I'm, try, I'm trying uh, to make this fun. You're just not... Current favourite characters. Happy birthday to... Um, who do I like at the moment in Coronation Street? <laughs> My mind's gone back. Okay, I'll tell you. I just you. know that it's not... What? 14th of January, Jack P. Shepard. Oh, yeah. He's pretty David good. David And 17th of January, Ken Morley. Played Reg. <laughs> Classic. Don't think I would have got either of those. Oh well, but I'm not going to add two more zeros to my score. Oh well, well, is that is that Rubbish. it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it. You've really got nothing else to say at the start of this podcast. You're absolutely sure. What do you are you you're making out like I've got some kind of secret that I've got to reveal? No, no, there's nothing. There's nothing at all. Um, we just get on with it. What do you mean? No, no, no honestly, there it isn't. It's not like you've got a secret from me. <laughs> no, I just don't know what to talk about. Well, it's a good job. There's a lot to talk about in the news section this week and, and Coronation Street, isn't there? So I will just get well. Things happened, didn't they? Things did happen. Let's find out what they were. Okay, so on to Street Talk then. And this is this is a, a, a week of two halves, wasn't it? Well, not halves. There was three episodes. But what? There were, <laughs> there were three episodes. What I'm saying yeah. is, it started off really, really great it on really Monday. Did. And then it, it declined during the week. I, I actually quite enjoyed Wednesday's episode as well. Room Full of Puppies, brilliant. But my gosh, the chasm between Monday and Friday's episode. It was... Fridays was just spectacularly dull, I found. Can we just do a quick Are we on our compare own with and contrast here between Monday and Friday, where Monday's episode was all about the fact that Paul is staring death in the face and he wants a way out and he's asking Billy to, to you know, was it Tuesday? Help him along his way. Hel- help him. Oh yeah, it was Tuesday, wasn't it? Yeah. I forgot. We had to wait until Tuesday, Tuesday to see if it was right, worth the so wait. So he's asking him, please, can you help me enter my life, uh, even though it's against all your, your moral code, blah, blah, blah. The Bible um, swearing yeah. scene. So emotional, so deep and raw and moving. The Friday's episode, Ardy nearly dies out of nowhere and everyone's, by the end of the episode, half the people probably forgot that was... <laughs> happening i know but like, if i was paul i'd be wanting to move into that flat i definitely. think i found an easy way out there you can have you know, can you give your drugs back does he get his money back for them it's like don't worry dean i found another way just move into the dean yeah yeah dean dean the dealer don't worry about it <laughs> right okay i just I, you you see can you see though what i'm saying here it's like yeah. they were both about death they were both about mortal peril and one of them was just magnificent and the other one was so pointless it, it kind of felt like they were feeling that friday's was a bit dull so we said what should we do to spice it up a bit let's should we try and kill off one of the characters Nothing yeah did happen in this episode. what should we do that's yeah it, it just really didn't but no this wasn't out of nowhere though because this was set up months ago when the um the detector mm. that got thrown didn't it and so that's why it wasn't going off properly oh did it what? Oh, no, Courtney oh, yeah. and Ardy had a fight. And... Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Crikey, they expect us to remember that. On a... Well, I mean, some people did remember that, but... Oh, good good for them. you got better memories than me. So it's not like they just went, oh, no. <laughs> Was it worth something... the wait, everybody who'd been thinking? What? But what about the carbon monoxide d- detector? Favorite... What's that going to... What's my... going to pay off there? My favourite line of the whole week was that doctor in the emergency room saying uh, <laughs> carbon monoxide... Is odourless. It's called the silent killer. <laughs> I know, what brilliant. do you mean? Why are those related? Those are two different things. It should be the odourless killer, shouldn't it? Or the smellless killer. 
I mean... What's the stinky killer? That's what I want to know. Who calls it the silent killer? Like, <laughs> what, who says this? Is that like where whoever signs the death certificate in hospital? Like, oh, I'm at carbon monoxide. The silent killer. What do you mean? What? That, what do you mean? It was written they in They call such it the silent a... killer. Sorry, this isn't useful information for A&E doctors to be get, telling people in the waiting room. It... Do you think the doctor was like, yeah, they call it the silent killer. Oh, by the way, yeah, Mrs. Smith. Yeah, that's what happened to your, your uh, husband. If you hear so... any really noisy gas in your apartment, don't worry. It's, it's not, not carbon, carbon monoxide. Not, Someone's fine. just um, had a bit of beans for dinner, you know. It, it felt what? so much like PSA, didn't it? It was... Uh, they should. He put. might as well have just been staring down the camera and say, "Check your detector." Oh, you haven't got a carbon monoxide oh, well, you detector. Should do. It's tut, the silent tut, killer. Tut. I think they should fit all gas outlets in the country with some kind of small party pop. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, every time. And then that doctor would. What would he say then? Mm. They used to call it the silent killer. No, well, quite I suppose the noisy gas from this episode was that bit at the beginning when Dev had the balloon, didn't he? And he blew it up and then he let it go and it farted around the apartment. So. Yeah, but it doesn't they can kill anybody. What a contrast that is so artistically what? done, Coronation. The way that he delivered it with such gravity as well. <laughs> it's odourless. They call it the silent killer. Okay, guy, sit it, down. It, it was... But Fridays was just that on top of everything else that just fell completely flat well, for me. Well, you can tell how, how compelling the storyline was because I was just fascinated. Number one, I wanted to know what Dev was cooking for the twins. Did we ever find out? I'm not sure. I'm mad about that. Secondly, I was to- so distracted by the fact that Dev was trying to sell jelly b- babies for £3 next to, what was it, Dolly Mix and Eclairs for £1 Eclairs, a bag each. £1 for a bag of Cadbury's Eclairs? He must be having a laugh. The pound is like how much for chocolate bar these days, isn't it? Well, he's not making. I remember with when that, they were twenty five p. Yeah, that was. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> Sorry, just had to get that off our chests first. I I went into today's episode thinking full of promise. This is you know good week is on track to be. It was absolutely but... fantastic. Mm-mm, the first mm-mm. episode of the week, and then it just went downhill. Like, well, like has anyone watched Society of the Snow? Like I have, about no, everyone eating each other in the Andes. And uh, it's like climbing up the side of the mountain and then downhill when you go on the sled and you get back to the I thought you were going to say that that got worse at the end. Was it all right? Was it all right all the way through? Does it get your the... Gemma recommendation of the week? Oh, yeah, definitely. We should win an Oscar. I say, um, who if you were in if you were in a plane crash with the characters of Coronation Street... Who, who would you eat first? And why is it Bobby? <laughs> Like, Bobby, I know you're not dead yet, but come here. Come here. I don't know. I just want to ask you a question. I don't know. Who would um, you get the most meat off? I don't well, know. Well, uh, according to your AI art, Ed. Oh, yeah, my AI generated art this week, which was Corrie done in the style of a... Uh, I don't know again. Uh, stained glass window. Stained glass window this week. Yeah, Ed has had put it a made, few pounds on it him. It made Damon look like Harry Styles. Yeah. Maybe um, it was. It used to be Craig, didn't it? But no, I don't know. I think he'd be a bit, a bit gristly now. Well, you, well, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. <laughs> don't, don't, probably best not to say who we would eat first on the curry cast. But, um, Whoever died first. Yes. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't kill anybody. No. Okay, so no. let's let actually get on to talking about this week's episodes then. The storylines that Are we have this week. Are you going to tell week. everybody what your storyline... My for, very insensitive storyline title for the, for the, for the heart-wrenching scenes in, uh, in Billy's flat this week. Yeah, Paul the Plug. Mm. <laughs> 
You laughed. You laughed. I didn't laugh. I showed you this this week and you found it hilarious. No, I didn't. Are you, are you, uh, collared is what we're going to call the dog story. I had a couple of options for the dog story, but I can't remember what the other ones were. None of them were particularly good, but collared because Terry's been arrested. Um, Twinina. I've got some really bad story. I think no. the, I think the writers of tonight's Corey must have come up with these storyline titles tonight, you know. Twinina, because there were twins and Twinina. there was... Nina. I wanted to call it Quarrel and Ardy, which was quite good. I thought that was funny. Oh, did Why did you? you change it? Well, it wasn't really about quarrelling, was it? I could save that until there is a massive They were having a fight. Cause she but Quarrel like... and Ardy, that is a storyline no. title for the ages to come. <sighs> Okay, Quarrel and Ardy is our third storyline. In the last week, we had, hey, I remember you. This week, it's, hey, are you still here? Because Damon is still or, lingering around the street like a silent killer. Hey, what happened to your car? Yeah, they, that, this is the, the storyline title that's just going to keep on running I, until he's gone again. I cannot believe I've and just then gone some here. Gemma stuff. Right, I've gone to ITV slash advice, mm. Coronation Street section, to find out what I can do to stop being killed by the silent killer, the odourless gas that is carbon monoxide. It doesn't yeah. even have it on there. Yeah. But it does have, it's got RSPCA, bullying, anti-bullying, national bullying, knife crime, childline, victim support, national gambling, Barbara Knox at 90. <laughs> is that for her specifically? What is she supposed to do about it? Is that like, if you've turned 90 recently and you're staring mortality in the face? It's how, Sorry, to, Barbara, it's you... how to apply for your... Winter heat allowance. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Do you remember when Rita was uh, nearly killed from carbon monoxide? That was a story once. She fell over, didn't Very... she? Onto a, onto a Christmas tree. Or was that something else? No, that was something else. Rita's been in much peril over the years. No, she, she was found on the sofa and um, all, the, all the oldies came yeah, in. Yeah, I remember that. She had too much makeup on her and they couldn't find a pulse. She falls over on boiled sweets and starts eating them. Anyway. She's on a Christmas tree and starts that, eating them. I don't think that in 20 years' time we're going to be saying remember when Ardy. I don't even think if we did a character profile of Ardy we'd remember this happened. It was one episode. Yeah. Anyway, we're not onto that one yet. We'll pull the plug. Gemma, you are oh, as our Gemma, yeah. yeah, as our most sensitive um host, would you like to This um, was such a take great this episode. One? Honestly, I thought this was fantastic. The, the Tuesday's episode was, this, it, was this my, it was my favorite for a tears. while. On Tuesday, Billy is getting ready his last day at work for now. Uh Paul thinks that he's nuts. Todd comes over, he's nervous because they had this discussion the previous week about assisted dying and he he sort of is not happy about this. He doesn't want to be roped into it, but Paul's desperate. And he tells him, I haven't changed my mind. I'm done with this. I've booked to see Dr. Gaddis and I'm going to ask you for some morphine. I'm really sorry this is hard on you. I'm really grateful, but I am going to need you to help me. I can't do it by myself. Yeah, because he... he he doesn't he, want to do it straight away, but he's, he's realising his other hand is starting to yeah, give out, so he literally point. isn't going to be able to do it himself, he no, thinks, and, no. unless he goes over to Ardy's flat, like well, I said. Yeah. Todd, Todd's like, I can't, I can't just snuff your life out, and, and Paul says, you're my, own, my only hope. Todd sits down with him, and Paul says, this is only going one, one way, I don't want to be locked in my own body, I don't want to be helpless, I feel like a hostage, I want some options. And this is, this is the awful thing, isn't it? It takes away all of your freedom and your ability to choose things. Yeah. I can totally see why he wants this. I I, can as well. As an option. I'm still not too keen on if this story follows through on this. Me too. But I, Paul... I was more convinced that this is an interesting route for the story to explore yes. after this episode. And it's a shame it kind of petered out a little bit as the week went on. They... I, this was enough for me to say, 
this was worth doing, but I don't want them to actually make this how Paul dies. No, but they... He kind of paint. Did he paint a rosy picture of it? Maybe he didn't really. And and we did what have, as in like he didn't say, "Oh, it's going to be perfect for me. I'll be happy about it." It still is feeling like. Well, he said he didn't want to go. Mm. You know, and he, but he can choose how. Still feels like a bit of an iffy thing to do for him, and also Roy knows about it now Everybody as well, doesn't he? <laughs> I know the news is spreading. Bloody Kevin, mouthy little git. Yeah. Kevin is the new. Who's that the one I hate? Bobby. <laughs> no, who? the mouthy one who was a nurse. There's so many. Martin Platt. Martin. Kevin's the new Martin Platt. They've been in the same camp for years. Yeah, they have. So, Paul goes to see Dr. Gaddis and he's talking about how bad the pain is and how ibuprofen doesn't touch the size or ibuprofen, depending on how he's it. And she says, like, oh, I can't justify giving you. Yeah, he's trying to morphine. get himself some morphine or something, isn't he? He's trying to. He's um, She's saying, oh, exaggerating get how bad his pain is and she's not getting it just give him anything he asks for honestly really he's gonna he's not gonna Mm. how much how much do you need to worry about all of the downsides of giving him morphine when he's dying so cruel there must be some kind of obviously they've they've there's clinical reasons why Mm. and they've come to this decision in no light way but then again, there are plenty of things the medical profession does to people that feels very cruel and unfair, so I'm not going to give them a complete pass. Nice to, uh, first appearance of the year for Dr. Gaddas. Yeah, had. with great hair. Great hair again, as usual. Wonderful. Very voluminous this week, it was, wasn't the it? The volume wall was in full effect. <laughs> Paul and Todd end up in the Rovers. He's maudlin about the fact that he can't he can't get this morphine, so he starts Googling how do you kill yourself with over-the-counter medicine. Um, Abby overhears the, the fact that he is not being allowed to get morphine. She doesn't hear the suicide part of it, but she hears the morphine, the, the pain relief thing. She's outraged. And Paul's like, hmm, drugs, yeah, yeah. So they invite Abby over later, her, him and uh, Todd. She comes round, and it was really awkward for a minute, wasn't it? Because she's like, hi, guys. I don't know why I'm here. Like, if somebody invited me around the house, who, who I didn't really know... Mm. I think it was the first I, time I that she'd ever been in that set. Same with Kev later on. I wouldn't come. I just wouldn't come round. <laughs> this is I'd perfect. have lots of important things to do. This is brilliant for me because I was already loving this story so much and then to have Abby play a part yeah, in it now. Yeah, this was great. She's not going to go away from this story because she knows about his well, plans we, now. Well, we don't know what's gonna where this is going now. So he's talking... He, he just... He's completely frank about where he is with his... MND, how awful it is, how trapped he is. He he's really piling on, piling it on. Yeah, because he's he wants lying. her to do. He he he's, is a bit. No, he's not. He's telling her the frank and and unvarnished truth about what it's like to live with a terminal illness, and she's finding it really hard to help. And and she says, oh, you know, really hard to, to hear. And then she's, you know, she's like, what can I do? I wish I could do something. And she says, what? Paul says, wow, you can help me, actually. Can you get me something for when it becomes unbearable? And she twi- twigs that he's asking her for, for drugs. And she says, look, I can't. I really can't. I don't do that anymore. I can't get into that. And she looks really upset with herself. And she starts saying, well, can't you go to that Switzerland clinic? And he says, you know, I can't afford it. And also, I don't want to go there. I want to do it here. I want to be around my things and my friends. And Abby says... Hope's blown for a Coronation Street uh, 
location shoot in Switzerland. It's been so long since they've left the UK. It's not been fair, is it? 20 years or so, maybe. Can you imagine 15? if the first time they did an abroad scene, there was this, this kill yeah, pool in clinic. Switzerland. So, Abby then says, this was kind of a bit out of left field for me. I'm not sure what I thought about this, but she says, I couldn't do this to Bernie because I know what it's like to lose a son. I really like that. And it gave more context to the conversation. It that they had a couple of months ago, which seemed a bit throwaway. And actually, I think Abby would, yeah, or Sally Carmen okay, and Jane okay. Hazelgrove would have a great conversation here. I, I literally, I, I enjoyed it very much, but I thought it was just, this is the sort of conversation that naturally mums might have. And let's throw in a character scene because that seems to be what the fans are asking for. And I thought well, nothing of it. And we maybe not see them again, but to bring it back and... Yeah, that's although, a good point. Although she did immediately change her mind and say, oh, <laughs> spoiler, go on. Spoiler, spoiler. I... I don't know. I thought the thing is, he's she's going to lose a son either way, but but Abby said I can't do it to Bernie. I can't let I can't sort of be responsible for why she's losing her son, but I won't tell anybody about it. And then she leaves, and then she goes off, doesn't she? She goes to the garage, mm. but then she leaves. Um, yeah, she lies. She says she's got to go to her, make a break breakdown. But actually, yeah. she's going to find Dean. She goes to a location shoot. She does, yeah. She goes. To she meets up with B- Dean. She gets some benzos, and then we see somebody taking photos of her um, with a mobile phone. And this was quite intriguing. I was like, "Oh, who's that? Who's so that?" I yeah, I who's thought this was going to set something up. The one one issue I would say with Monday's episode is that some things moved a bit fast. I I didn't particularly mind in the overall picture because it made the whole episode sort of fast moving in a good way. I, I wanted to find out what happened next, and Corey didn't dilly dally around and say, "We'll oh, come back next time to find out what happens here." They they packed a lot in, but I was kind of hoping when the photos were being taken, oh, this is going to be something that. Maybe Abby is Abby going to get blackmailed? Is she going to have the photos posted through a letterbox or, or something? And we're going to have to guess who could that mystery photographer be? But yeah, it, basically in the next scene we find out, don't we? Yeah, so it's Cassie. It's Cassie. It's Cassie. <laughs> she comes back to the garage going, oh, oh no. <laughs> no. No, that's the accent that we say for the dog lady oh, later yeah, the dog on. Lady. She tells Kevin that she saw... Abby meeting up with a drug dealer and she's using it again and she's not fit to be around the kids. Yeah, because Cassie still bears a massive grudge against Abby for everything that happened with the scratch. Well, it's not just that. she's She she set her up in the first place because she's seemingly sweet on Kevin. It's not yes. that she hates They haven't Abby. gone down that route any further. Well, get, there was a few it. kind of remarks maybe this week, but not, not much. Paul... Um, so Abby t- goes with the drugs round to see Paul and Todd and she's, she's not happy about it and she says, do not take these until you're absolutely sure that it's over. Once they're in you, you're not getting them out. And Todd's like, don't do it, don't do it. And Paul says, Abby, this is the best thing anyone's ever done for me. I she- felt really bad for Todd during all this as well because he does not agree with it, that this is the way that it should go. But he's kind of complicit in it now. He knows he doesn't want to you know, dob Paul in it. He, not, what not that Paul hasn't done anything wrong yet. Um, and he can see that it's the what, what Paul really wants, but he he desperately wants to stop him. And it feels like everything is being put in place that he can actually kill himself. Yeah, I know. I, I thought... And this Todd will feel guilty. He'll feel like, I, I could have stopped this, but I didn't. Well, yeah. It's, again, though, 
This was what came out when Billy finds out later and Paul's pointing out that the very fact of the matter that he's powerless to stop Todd or or Billy from preventing him from doing this is part of the reason why he wants to do it in the first place. Mm. He's completely helpless. So um, she's ashamed of it, you know. Abby's really upset with what she's the choice that she's made, but she's she leaves them. And Todd's Todd doesn't want to leave Paul alone. And Paul's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it now. But it will be sooner rather than later. I'm not going to wait. Britain's Got Talent Week is a long way away, Todd. All I'm saying is it might be before then. Abby goes back to the the garage and Kim's like, oh, leave. You've been buying smack. And then he says, I'm taking the kids. I'm taking, you're not having Alfie. And I thought, "Uh, excuse me, who do you think you are? That's not your kid. Who do you think you are? Kevin. Did he say that she can't have Alfie? He did that? say you're not having Alfie. Like, uh, no, you take a seat. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll do as many drugs as I want. It's my baby. <laughs> Don't you tell me what to do. But um, he, oh, he, she manages to convince him, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So meanwhile, Todd is still begging Paul to go, to not to go through with this. He says, you've still got good days. And Paul says, it's so close. I'm so close to packing up all together. My body is just shutting down. The jailer's coming down the corridor. He's got a key with my name on it. And Todd's terrified because this is all happening way too quickly. And then in comes Billy and there's just so much tension in the room. Um, Paul tries to say that he was just mithering, but it doesn't really wash. But before they can really progress with this conversation, in bursts Kevin, who's been told... No, she he accuses um, Todd, Paul, of sending Abby off to buy drugs. Yeah, which Abby is hasn't explained to Todd. Well, no, 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 Kevin, she's, sorry, she's explained. She's ex- yeah, she's told him I I bought the drugs for for um Paul, but I don't think she tells him it's for suicide. I'm not sure. He says, look, you can't do, you can't make her buy you drugs. She's an addict. If she's too dangerous for her, she's going to fall back into her old ways. Just leave her out of it. Don't mess her around. Um, and and then Billy's like, what? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> so Kevin leaves drugs, you after say. blurting it's, it's, this out. Is it heroin? Because do I, do I have some hankering oh, for that? I love heroin. Drugs are bad. Um, Billy, Billy's saying, what what is going on? I assume these aren't for recreational use. And then he starts blaming Todd for letting Paul get this far and orders him out. And he kind of sheepishly leaves. And Billy's threatening to call the police. I can't let you do this. And now I know about it. I'll be complicit. Um, and Paul says, well, you know what? Um, oh, yeah. Billy says, life's a gift from God and life is sacred. And Paul says, look, shut up. There's loads of stuff in the Bible that you don't pay any attention to. And Billy says, give me the drugs! And starts going through the flat looking for these drugs. He's really furious He's, at this point. I thought Dan Brocklebank did a great job both of this. Both of them did. I they, thought they, they, were, they were both... Dan Brocklebank was particularly good in this. Just the, the desperation of trying to find these the anger, tearing the house apart. Yeah, he was the red in the face, anger, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Billy, Billy realises that Paul's got them on him and Paul says well take them then if that's what you want I can't stop you go on take take the candy from the baby take the away the only choice I have left um then we cut to Kevin talking to Abby in, in the cafe and he apologizes for going off on one and Roy's listening in and, and um Abby tells him what's happened and it comes out that it was to Abby that Cassie's the one who followed her and took photos and Abby can't believe that she's done this and she wow. gets a bit a bit mad about it 
Um, and then Roy later on goes to, round to see Cassie to tell her not to ruin things for Abby and Kevin because Abby hasn't relapsed. She was doing what she was doing for a reason. Yeah. And um, Cassie says, well, I'm glad there was a misunderstanding and it wasn't just her being on drugs. And Roy says, well, there's been a lot of those, haven't there? Like scratching the car. Maybe you should just back off a bit. I thought that was weird because... Roy was listening to this conversation where Kevin, Abby and Cassie, was it? I can't remember. Well, they were talking about the fact that Paul wanted to to kill himself with these drugs. I thought he would go down the route of, I've had experience with this. You know, I would Did you talk. not? I can't, I can't no, remember. Oh, okay. I really think that he, if I was him, I would, like if I, well, if I was writing this, I would have Roy talk to Paul and say, this is your choice. But let me tell you what this did to me as the person who was left. It's it's not it's not too late for all that to happen. No, and it I, and happen. also I don't I can't I don't know how well, widely known it is by the residents exactly what happened there. Obviously yeah, but he we, can... we know Haley Yeah, we do. Um took her own life. I don't even I can't even remember whether everybody knows. No, they well did, he made um, a big fuss about it at the funeral, didn't he? Uh yeah, yeah, that's Carly. true. Yeah, I th- I think I th- it would. There's there's no reason for him not to say something to Paul and Billy about this. Mm. Like if you do this, it must be with your mutual understanding. Yeah. Um. But then they came to that conclusion in the end anyway, so mm. it was kind of wasn't needed. Mm. So anyway, Paul and Billy are having a cry on the sofa, and Paul's crying that his body's packing in, and he won't be able to um tell him he even loves him, and. It, and he says to Billy, you know, I'm going to end up in a better place anyway. I don't want to be a pile of ruined flesh in a chair. Billy starts looking out the window, looking really anxious and upset. And, and he says, you know, you, you you don't know how long you've got. It could be weeks or it could be months until you get to the stage where you can't use both your hands. And Paul says it could be any day. Uh, I need to do it while I can. Please let me do this. Don't make it harder for me. And Billy's crying. I won't do it. Um... I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to make it harder. When the time comes, if you really want to end it, I will help you. It felt like I said, this episode felt a little bit rushed and it I, probably would have been a bit more natural if he had slept on it or it just would have been more usual for the way that they tend to do things on Coronation Street, wouldn't it, if he just slept on it? But I, I think on the whole, I'm glad that he didn't, even though possibly, even in real life, you wouldn't have your your opinion changed your which was rooted in a deeply you know deeply held belief that this is wrong it just took a couple of scenes and a little bit of persuading from Paul to get him to change his mind no I thought this was this made sense to me because this isn't the first time they've had this conversation if it was the first time it had ever been brought up and Billy was like no okay then then I would feel differently about it but Billy's known for a while that Paul had this in his head and he's now telling him straight, I still want to do this and I'm actually putting things into place. Mm. So they hung on the sofa and Billy's saying, look, don't worry about about your conscience. Don't worry about me. I'll hash things out with God when the time comes. And and Paul says, I, which is what I was thinking, you're just saying that you won't be able to do it when the time comes. You'll back out or you're chicken out. Uh, and Billy says, I promise I will. And he goes and gets the Bible and he swears, he's like, by almighty God, 
I will deliver you into God's loving embrace at the time of your choosing. And they're both crying and hugging. Uh, it's so that, deep. That was, that was just a really, really well done scene on in, in every single way. Direction, was, scripting, performances. It was so heartfelt and true to the characters and to Billy's faith, I thought. Yes, I well, I, I think so. Apart from the whole thing that I, I don't know. I wonder whether many, how many vicars were watching. <laughs> Hang on a minute, I don't think I really but, could do that. But, but I think Paul's point, though, stands a little bit there that there are things in the Bible that he doesn't follow. Yeah. And so when something is um it feels really cruel to say oh this book says i can't do that even though it says i can't do these other things but i do those anyway well everything that has happened to to billy regarding the wedding over the last few months has probably yeah made him realize i i, I need to think for myself more i need to oh, it's not just pick and choose because that makes him feel a bit bit more hypocritical which he doesn't want to think that he is but he's realizing that um yeah he that, that he needs to do what's right for him as well well i know that people always like to trot out that um oh if you're if you believe in the bible then why don't you follow the rule about mi- not mixing your don't mix your what's it your fibers you're not allowed um. to have wear two different types of cloth it's like well clearly <laughs> you can see that there might be in somebody's mind, a bit of a difference between that and, you know, not eating mm. shellfish. And, the, and uh, also, like, do not murder people. Yes, exactly. You can you, you can use your common sense. Although Billy is going for, you know, straight to the top and saying, okay, I will do the murder one then. But, he's just, but, but, but the idea that he, like, when he says, I'll square it with God. Like, but, but no, think about it. Think about things like, okay, say you're a religious doctor and you have a a patient who's on life support and they're not going to ever get better. They're just languishing and suffering. And the pet, you know, the family is saying, can we switch the life support off? Do you switch the life support off? Or do you say, no, the Bible says I can't. Is that, does mm. that count? Is it not the same thing? Yeah. Because he, Paul's going to die one way or the other. And it feels as though if you're going to say, you know, is it God's plan? Are you just not, doing it sooner yeah i suppose so i suppose you it, can, i it, think you can but just by the this. end of it, it it didn't feel out of place for me I, it felt like it well, it wasn't an out of character moment in the end and the fact that they actually brought the bible and faith and everything into it made it more character driven so really poignant. and it also it was something unique to these two characters that i don't think many other characters could have had a conversation about yeah. Which yeah. I, I thought was really good. And I would love to see more respectful treatment of other types of religion and beliefs. I mm. mean, poor Bernie had a crystals crapped all over in the end. <laughs> but um, just well done, Corey. I, I know that I'm sure that there aren't very many religious people that work on the show. But to be so respectful of Billy and Paul's beliefs in that scene and to be so true to them... It, 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 it was also you a don't call have back to be to religious the... to, to see how that was a very beautiful scene. No, it was a call back to the bathroom scene where Paul had talked about being baptised. And I've said since then, well, that seems to have been conveniently forgotten. When are they going to bring that up again? And and this was it. And it was done in just the right way for me. And, and it feels like Paul really believes it's the right thing and he'll be going to 
you know, going to heaven sooner. It was yeah, just all around lovely. Well, from the perspective of religion, as far as I understand it, as a, as a heathen um, myself, surely it's better if Billy kills Paul than Paul kills himself. Why is Cause this? He can, well, because once... Uh, surely, I thought that, that for many years the church considered it to be sinful to kill yourself. Because you because the reason is, once you've done it, you can't be absolved of your sin, can you? Because you've already done it. Whereas oh, yeah. if Billy kill, kills Paul, he can be like, sorry. And then God have to say, all right. Don't do it again. Please don't do that again, because <laughs> twice I will be suspicious. <laughs> right, on Wednesday. Yeah, I was, you just left after Monday's episode. Like, what, a, what a beautiful, very, very nice, well-performed, well-written, well well plotted yeah. scene a really nice way for them to again another another like really weirdly uplifting part <laughs> of this really tragic horrible story yeah because there's beauty and love in that relationship that came from this you wouldn't see this much of Paul and Billy if it wasn't for this storyline no no well, I'm sure there'll be more that we can talk about about the uh, maybe the long term implications of this but let's, let's get to the end of it because yeah, I'm to. they 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 weren't in it as yeah. much on Wednesday. On Wednesday, anyway. Billy's trying to put off talking about this. Um, yeah, he's, 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 they get the idea that he's had a few um, overnight regrets, they, maybe. They basically say, just to remind everybody or people that are just catching up with us, we've both agreed that you're going to kill me and we're going to keep everything quiet, right? Right. So then we get the three gay dads in the pub Todd's checking in how things are going and Paul tells him what Billy had promised to do and Todd can't believe it and Billy says they've talked uh, but they're not going to dwell on it um, then um, they decide to set Moses up with oh yeah Todd. the story kind of goes off to, to, to like, Moses don't talk and Todd about it anymore. shipping so Moses them. is the um, is he Nigerian yeah I think so um, PA the, yeah, the carer for, 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 for Paul, Paul. And Todd fancies him, so they've... They've all assumed that he's gay. Someone knows that Moses is the last call... He's his last job of the day. Yeah, so she's going to try and get and him And she's also too. managed to find out that he's gay, but she doesn't know if he's well, she, got a boyfriend. She's very sneaky, isn't she? She, she kind of says... Oh, is there a Mr. Moses? Whole, yeah, is there or a Mr. Moses? Moses? Moses. I, I actually really enjoyed Summer in this scene. I, th- I, I found that everything that's going on in this flat was just cosy and warm and nice, and there wasn't, there wasn't any major... There wasn't any major drama on this episode. It was just like a lovely family scene, despite all the everything that went on on Monday. It was just yeah, cosy and yes. Lovely. So they've they've um they yeah they get him for dinner and Todd they're asking him oh do you know Manchester and Todd's like oh, I'll show you around and when he goes everyone's really pleased with themselves um and then we just get left with Todd and Billy and Todd saying are you sure about this plan with Paul. And, and Billy says, I'm just going to have to do it, but I can't think about it. That one day Paul's going to wake up and say, this is my last day. And then he clams up and he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. So um, what what do you reckon then for the uh, for the outcome of this? Is it, are they actually going to go there? Is Billy going to be able to do it? The fact that everybody knows about the possibility, where are you thinking that... Yeah, but I don't want to talk about it because we're supposed to be doing our predictions episode. And so some of the things that... I think we can still. I think we can still touch on it a little bit. I didn't say we couldn't. I, the fact now that who who knows now? So Kevin, Abby, everybody Roy, knows. No, it's not everyone. It's Cassie fairly knows. small. 
Cassie knows, Summer knows, well, Summer's probably good for work out. Mm. Todd. Everybody knows. I wonder whether Todd seems to be the one out of everybody that's Pelican most against it. Well, that's because he thought he was going to have to do it. And he also thought that Billy didn't approve. Mm. But when when they tell him in the pub, he still doesn't look particularly happy about no. it. No. I'm really surprised also that, and I know this would be really petty of him, but <clears throat> if I was Todd, it would smart a little bit to me that when I was dating Billy, his religion was so important that I got put second. But now he's married to Paul. Yeah. And he's contemplating sort of, you know, doing this very drastic, sinful act to, to help Paul. Um, you know, I mean sinful in inverted commas. But I would be a bit bitter about this because that was one of the major sticking points between Todd and Billy, that Todd never really respected his, his faith and thought he, he was silly and it compromised their relationship. But it's really interesting that... Um, He's willing to to bend to the rule support. It must mean it's true love. Must be. Well, Todd's Todd's changed. He's he's a new man now. He's a bit, yeah. Mm. I I'm wondering whether whether Abby's going to get in trouble for this if he does indeed use these drugs to to kill himself eventually. And I still think I don't really want it to go that way. But could Abby could Abby get in? in how much? How implicated would she be if she's the one that's providing? She's she's given him the drugs. That's that's pretty naughty. Mm. So I don't know whether she's she going to go back. Is she going to be in prison for that? I, I don't. But I, I wouldn't mind having having an Abby story in there. Um, what else? What else is going to happen with this? Um, oh, th- some people online have been saying uh, I've seen saying thought that this is too soon. After the assisted suicide story with Haley, what are your thoughts? We've spoken on that? about this. <laughs> Did we speak about that one last week? I said it. Thought it was too soon, and you said it was ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm still, I'm still thinking that. I, I think that there's a lot more stuff in the in the media about it, wasn't there? Somebody, somebody was talking. High profile was talking about it the other, not that long ago, about when my time comes, I want to be able to choose when, when I, mm. when I die. I think the government shouldn't be involved in it to sanction or sense, you know, stop it from happening. I think, um, I think it's such a sticky thing. Like I said before, like I said last week, um, I do think it's too soon after Haley. I think, um, there are, there are lots of reasons it's just about different enough to me. Like before it was just the two of them. This was this great love story that had been going for 15 years. Um, there was obviously not the religious aspect to it. I didn't like it. I don't think I liked it when then Hayley did it. No, I, I, I don't think I did either. I, I thought there was a really nasty side to to it. A really kind of sordid and, and um, dark... Like, just remember them, Haley and Roy on the bed and Roy's begging her not to and trying to grab her and she's taking the glass and stirring it with her finger and kind of pulling away from him in a really jealous kind of way. Like, you're not, you know, don't try to take this from me. This is what I want. I can't have you stop me. 
Yeah. And then and then the aftermath of it where he just hated her for, for a long time for for dying before he was ready to let her go. I suppose if he does go through with this as well, then there's gonna be an awful lot of blaming and accusation throwing and well, I, don't, I don't know whether yeah. I particularly fancy all of that side of it. Mm-hmm. Um I wonder whether I'm kind of wondering what this whole Todd and Moses thing is about. Is it just about getting a um, a new relationship with Todd up and running, or is Todd going to mention it to Moses? I've got a feeling that he might let it slip to him somehow. Oh dear! You think? And and Moses wouldn't be happy with it, but that could then could I'm still I'm still not giving up on the idea of Jim. Moses can you know with his with his with his mate at work tell him. I don't doubt that there are people who would run immediately to their superiors or the police and report if they were to find out that somebody was planning this. Mm. But I also don't doubt that there are people who would say, well, you let me, you let me sort it out. I know what to do. Moses seems a fairly pure type. I, don't, I, I think well, What he's does a... that mean in this context, though? Because you could go either way with it and say, oh, yeah, he's very pure, he wouldn't let, let this happen. Or, yes, he's very pure, he understands that sometimes these things, the medical profession cannot help. And He seems he seems one for the rules for me. I think he'd probably tell them. But it wouldn't surprise me if Moses finds out via Todd. <laughs> Anyway, that was. I don't feel like we've got much to say about no, this. No, because I but... don't want to talk about the predictions. Okay, fine, fine. But very good stuff, Coronation Street. We approve. We've come a long way from that. I can't remember which king was it where his doctor deliberately killed him at a certain point when he was dying so that it could be reported in the, oh, yeah, in the, in the newspaper <laughs> at a certain time. We've come a long way from those days. Right, Colin, let's talk about king the dog Charles. story. Dog story stuff. <laughs> Um, so this, this. Oh, can I just say what? the phrase "illegal puppy farm" made me mad every time I heard it. This well, week. it has done for weeks. I thought that they explained it well enough. They're breeding them without having the proper. Proper what exactly? No, they they did. They explained it. I can't remember. I License? don't remember them explaining it. No, they did. You don't need. There's no such thing as an illegal puppy farm, is there? Apparently, why is do you there think a, there's not? Okay, is there a legal puppy farm? Oh. Yeah. No, uh, there isn't. You don't need to say illegal puppy farm. I it's like saying the, illegal criminal. I thought that the RSPCA woman on the on the behind the scenes video was kind of explaining. Yeah, why. but that wasn't in the show. No. I tried to look this up, and it really boils down to it. Um, unfortunately, it seemed to me that the council doesn't like it when you make money and you don't give them a cut. I think it was the fact that that's as far as I could work it out. It's to do with not not getting a license and not paying your tax on your income. I think it was more the fact that the the the, the mummy dogs are being abused, mistreated yeah. well, and abused, like the and then the, gives two craps and the puppies are kept in poor conditions. And yeah, that's not illegal, though. Well, there, there are certain standards by which you have to keep your pets. Yes, that's true. And the RSPCA has been instrumental in making sure that you know you, you need access to clean water and all all of their um, all the bowls and things and their food has to be clean and fresh, etc. It just drove me mad. Like, illegal puppy farm. Oh, it's a legal dog. It's an illegal dog. I just think it's really just funny how you, you've not really got into this story at all, have you? And I've been very much enjoying it. And Wednesday's episode, when we actually got to go out on location and see the puppy man's house, it's like, oh, this is just what I want. Um, it, 
it still seems to be carrying on a little bit. I, I think it, it could have ended after Wednesday's episode, but I don't know. So anyway, let's let's just run over what happened for that. So Evelyn has, has, has found the last puppy for sale in the paper, and um, she's determined to get revenge on Terry to, to find him out before it's too late and, uh, and, and bring him to justice for his illegal puppy farm. No. So... Fortunately, <laughs> she knows that he hangs a lot round the precinct, and she sees him coming out of the pound shop with like he's got bags of um, puppy pads and food and stuff, doesn't he? Um, so she follows him out round the streets to his house, but he's too smart for her and sneaks up behind her and gives her a gives her a bit of a scare before sending her on her way. Um, so back in the cafe later, Evelyn says, "Well, look, Terry is clearly illegally breeding puppies here. He had tons of." food and pads and stuff and Roy says look I just don't want you to risk getting yourself in trouble over this I care for you bit of a new uh, moment there uh, back at home Evelyn tells Cassie about what happened and Cassie's right says right this Terry he sounds like he's got it coming to him we're gonna get and go and teach him a lesson so Wednesday's episode. Imagine the look on their faces when they get there, and it's a legal puppy farm. <laughs> yeah, they can feel so so embarrassed. I feel really they? stupid. Yeah, just imagine if they get there and there's just their beautiful puppy paradise palace there, and they got they got little puppy butlers, and uh, the mums are having a great yeah. He's saying illegally breeding puppies as well, and I just imagine um, like a puppy Romeo and Juliet being like, "Our love is illegal." I'm sorry, Juliet, we cannot be together. But you got any benzos? Be, Should we end it now? How could it be wrong when it feels so right? No, this is illegal. <laughs> you can't. Dogs can't illegally breed, can they? There's no. There's no law about which dogs allowed to bonk another dog. Any listeners know the details? I'm on so. This, please I know I'm getting really pedantic about this. It just feels so clunky and silly to say <laughs> that it's a legally bred puppy. You cannot legislate a dog shagging another dog. They do it w- when they want to. You can't control them. It's, it's the love is love. I'm going to say love is love. <laughs> we had Billy and Paul first gay wedding last year. This year, I'm going to say all puppy love is good as far as I'm concerned. I'm not going to stand in their way. If they want to make babies with each other, they can. But they don't want to make babies. That's the whole point. Did anyone ask them? Was their consent? We've exactly. learned about this. We've got to we've got to look really carefully into this. We can't Tell you just... what, if Amy finds out about this, she's, she's gonna, gonna Tracy's gonna put up a flyer. <laughs> um, so Evelyn goes to see Cassie <laughs> in the garage on Wednesday's episode, and her sleuthing has led her to find or to believe that in this one particular photo with with the, the puppy for sale, there's a green jacket that is being held against, and we only know one person with a green jacket around here. It's Terry. It must be him. Let's let's go for it. Let's try and track him down so and I, I didn't understand what was going on here you had to explain it to me I, was, I think I was being particularly thick on Wednesday's episode but um, she, she she they try and get Roy involved and so he calls the number in the paper and this woman woman is on the other end and, and we you said it sounds just like Mrs Doubtfire didn't you I've seen other people yeah. saying that as well online um, I want to know whether it was an Ian Kershaw script I think on Wednesday wasn't it like, did, he write, did he write did he write her as a, as a very Scottish Scottish lady, she's like, oh, she's doing do the rude. Do the rude. <laughs> so what was happening there? She's like, I'll oh, tell you what, that is definitely illegal. There's only one puppy left, and it's one thousand five hundred pounds, and you've got to be cash because I don't really trust the banks. <laughs> and and Roy says, uh, <laughs> Roy's clearly been given a script by Evelyn, and he's there. Re- 
reading it like you've got to make sure he says it all right what, what about the microchipping and the vaccinations and she's like oh yes I'm sure my grandson will have arranged all that see I you know better that come quickly this is the last one we've already had people interested today I know you can't sell a puppy without a microchip or you're not supposed to so I know that's true this is true yes, yes. very true mm. they're clearly not but this woman's like not well what? Not microchipped, are they? But the woman's just trying to trying to get. But why him wouldn't in. they be microchipped? Because he's he's probably too expensive for him to do. You can't that be bothered. Much. If you're selling just a say puppy for grand and a half, mm. you you can you don't want to look. This is the thing. This has always been my motto, and I've told you this time and time again. This is like my catchphrase: only commit one crime at a time. I would say that if don't, if I bought. Don't illegally breed puppies and then sell them without microchips. They they weren't done because and all that will happen is if some if one of their customers go, finds out that it's not microchipped, they'll go back to the woman and say, "Oh, I'm sorry, dear. I, I, I thought my grandson had done it that." It wouldn't happen. Oh, I feel so stupid because you've got to take the puppy to the vet. At some point, the dog will go to the vet and the dog the vet will say, "Why isn't this got a microchip?" And then the whole thing would get. Yeah, no, and that's what I say. And then the the, the old woman will just say, "Oh, I'm sorry. That's not I how, thought that that's not what would happen." You're just determined to pick holes in this story, Gemma. Well, no, you're the one that's saying that the, they don't have microchips. I'm saying they probably do have microchips. Why would they not have microchips? What's the, that going to do? Oh, these illegally bred puppies from an illegal puppy farm. Yes, they are. Okay, well, I had to ask you. How are they going to give him microchips? They're going to. They just... take them to the vet and go. Here's the puppies. Here's a massive crate of puppies. Yes. I've got. I've got How fifteen do you think... here. Don't ask any questions. Yes. Oh. What is the vet going to say? The fact, the fact, if it was anything like our vet, she's like, yeah, bring it on. That fifth, well, how much is it per microchip? Kaching. Well, listen, the vet. Why would the vet? As long as the the animals are healthy, yes. If the same guy keeps coming to you and he's got fifteen puppies this week, fifteen puppies next week, fifteen puppies the week after, you might be asking questions. But he's not going to be dumb enough to do that, is he? But I don't know whether the puppies would look healthy because they're not being kept in very good conditions. I think they'd be looking pretty sad. But how is he going to sell them then? This is what boggles my mind about this. What are they trying to say? This is the thing. What are they trying to say here? Is he illegally breeding dogs in, in by which they mean not giving the council money or getting a licence or going through the, the correct channels? Or is he abusing animals? Because those are two different things. And I honestly couldn't give a crap about all the legislation and rules and stuff. I don't, I don't, is that really such a big crime that you didn't fill out a form so that your dog could shag another dog? Right, that's 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 a totally different thing to somebody actually abusing dogs. I care about that. I care about the welfare of animals, and I care about people treating them badly, and I care about poor poor dogs being forced to breed over and over again, really bad conditions, bad health. But I think that's what it is. And but that's, that's not what they're saying. They're saying it's illegal. Pu- it's an illegal puppy farm, just... and all the dogs looked fine. Every single dog there, and I know that they couldn't do this. Every Let's single just dog kick the puppies fine. before we start, start rolling. And the, and the dog, the, the Fre- Freddy, who's supposedly a, a, like a brood bitch, looked completely fine. If she was a real breeding, no, not Freddy, Mason. No, what are they call her, Taylor. Mason. Taylor, <laughs> yeah. If Taylor really was a, a a breeding bitch, she'd have nipples to the floor. But they couldn't show that pre-water shed, Gemma. This is why it doesn't wash with me. <laughs> do, you, do you get my point here? Yes, no, I get it, I get An it. A legal puppy farm, don't care. Abusing a dog, sign me up, I'm stabbing him in the throat. Those are two completely different things. If you want me to care about something, 
Don't write a story about an illegal puppy farm. Write a story about a man who boot, boots dogs about. I suppose we're just supposed to believe that. I mean, he he, he didn't he have a baseball bat or a cricket bat or something? And Do you he, think he, he like goes, stand? oh, if you poo on the floor, I'm going to hit you with this baseball bat puppy? Yeah, and dogs it was like, oh, it's that, psychological Because when Cassie was round there oh. later, he was coming up the stairs going, hey, if you just don't shut up, I'll, I'll put you in a sack in the air well. Didn't he? Yeah, but that's just what you say in banter, isn't it? <laughs> Panther with the puppies. Yeah, with puppies. He's got a sad life. Do you see what I'm saying? I yes. just thought this was comically. This was like, oh, this man's evil because he didn't fill out Council Form 15B. I didn't. I. I, I still. That's very different much enjoy from it. abusing I, a dog. I just. I. I like that this is a. Fe- I don't know. It's not low stakes because that makes me sound like I don't care about the welfare of the animals, which I do. They're not real. Though. It, it feels it's like it's. It's not the. It's not a usual affair. It's not a big massive murder. Yeah, it's it's yeah. not a stunty. It was. It's and. and it feels a bit different for Coronation Street. There hasn't been a story like this before. But what are they mad about, though? Are they mad that he's selling a dog for 15 grand, <laughs> uh, 1,500 quid? Or are they mad that... He's mistreating Because the dogs are fine. Man. The dogs are fine. They, ha- they had to... They yeah. didn't They didn't show him doing anything horrible to any of the dogs. And they could have had him, like, go in the room and then, like, smack, smack, you know? Or, like, him carry a bag with, like, a dead... You know, clearly there's a dead puppy in there that he's that one of them's died. There was nothing to do with that. It's like they were too scared. It's like, oh no, we've had Paul. Paul was sad this week. We can't have another sad storyline. We'll just have a man who didn't fill out a form. <laughs> just imagine them having the scene, you know, like when um, when Phelan and Stephen were killed and they had to zip up the body bag. Yeah, Can you imagine it body bag for a little puppy. puppy in that? Do you see what I mean? Yeah, the dogs were they fine. Were in, they were in tiny little cages, all being stinky. But they all looked Those fine. They look fine. They look really great. Well, well done, the RSPCA, for making they, sure that the, the, that RSPCA liaison officer was, is, is directly responsible for this being a completely unconvincing storyline for not letting <laughs> them beat the puppies about. <laughs> <laughs> they needed stunt dogs that were really good at like limping and like had matted fur. And how old were these pups? Couple of weeks. They, was, they weren't very old. I mean, they weren't very young at all. That's the other thing. They were not puppies. At, I don't know. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I can't believe you just didn't say, I don't care about all this. Look at those cute puppies. I was saying that, yeah, yeah. and I don't even like dogs that much. I do I'm love dogs. Person. I do love dogs. If this was a if this was an illegal kitten farm, this would, get, this would be up farm. there for the story of the year for me already. They were just puppies. imagine if they went in there and a lot of little kittens mewing around. That'd be so That'd adorable. Be adorable. I liked the behind the scenes thing, because you did get to see them, and the, the RSPCA lady, I've forgotten her name, um, she was like, the puppies are all in the cage now at the moment. And we're making sure that we're monitoring them to make sure when they go to sleep, we will have to leave them alone because that that they're displaying behaviour that means that they are sleepy and we have to let them. Yeah. And when they're playing, they're engaged so we can use them in a scene. It's like, these puppies are telling you what to do, man. Just get them out there. <laughs> Just say, come on, act. act. Maureen Lippin has to do it. You, you can do it as well. Tell you what, Claire Sweeney, best day at work. That must have been. Yeah. What a great day. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, so woman's Scottish woman but, has sent but, them on away. Somebody hang else. On. Oh, what? 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 Nothing. I was going to say, why? Why not make it more evil? How? Why would? By what I said, like sh- sh- indicating there was actually dog abuse. They didn't want to bait the Ofcom complainers. That's how they probably not? already get. Some, if I was in charge they? of this, if I was in charge of this this program, there'd be so many dead puppies. <laughs> Just be wading through them. They'd be like, oh, steps on another one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, I'm being really flippant. I am actually, I really I love dogs a lot and I would never want to see that on screen. I just find it a very str- strange choice that this guy 
really didn't seem... He was not caught doing anything apart from having a stinky house with puppies in a cage, which I did. I, I just thought they were in there because they were supposed to be going to sleep. Don't remember, but don't forget the first time that we saw him with Taylor, <laughs> he was pulling pulling her along the street, wasn't he? He was, he was cut by the chain. Oh, He's not a very nice man, is Terry? I know, but they could... They... Well, the story's they not over. They didn't convince me that he was abusing these dogs. <laughs> we get that. We get that. Anyway, they, could, so... they should have got that. You know the dog, the classic dog move where the dog, <laughs> like, classic dog, the, the acting dog move where they're like, "What's wrong?" and the dog goes, Arr! and then it puts its paw on its nose and like bows its head to oh, show yeah, that it's sad. Why didn't they have a dog do that? Because it's two weeks old. This poor dog. Acting. You can't teach an old dog new tricks, but equally you probably can't teach a two-week dog many tricks. There are people on this show that have been in this show since they were babies. They could have done that. (laughs) Why can't these puppies do it? Right. So, they're at the precinct and those flats are filling out nicely now, aren't they? That old lady's been up there the whole time, apparently, selling dodgy dogs. And that woman has got a very, a a working front door that leads outside. Unlike everyone else who has to go inside to bake that, to enter their flat, this one opened out onto the, onto the precinct. So, um, well done you. Anyway, um, I've I've lost completely where we are now. (laughs) Sorry for that little tangent, but it Um, was kind of on topic, I promise. What do other people think about this? I know I'm being silly. What do you what do you guys think? <laughs> Please tell me. So, this oh, woman is clearly a front for Terry's evil puppy farming illegal operations, isn't illegal she? Illegal puppies. So the, the 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 scheme would be, and I was being spectacularly dumb during this, and I'm not calling anyone else who didn't get it spectacularly dumb, but Terry was like delivers the puppies round to this woman's house so that he. His house isn't needed to be visited. So, common scam, when you're buying a dog, a puppy, you one of the most important things is to make sure that you get to see the puppy with its mother. Mm. And this this is like a a dead giveaway that the puppies are removed from the fam from the situation because it's not what you would want your how you'd want your puppy to be raised and it would give it away so they take the puppies to another address so that the woman can sell them and then you think oh this lovely little old lady why she wouldn't do anything wrong it's all part of trying to convince you that they're not an illegal puppy farm well Cassie pretends to be delivering a a load of dog food to the woman and she's like oh I don't have any dogs here no it's the wrong place so Cassie's sent on her way and thinks yeah this is a front um, so next up, she, um, <laughs> she, the, the, she and Evelyn and Roy convene at the cafe and Roy says that, okay, we've done all we can. Let's deal. Let's, let's pass this over to the authorities or a dog charity. And Evelyn's like, oh yeah, hmm, maybe I will. She sidles off. So she and Cassie then independently decide to have a, uh, to, to, to get in and, and deal with this guy him th- themselves Cassie's uh, method is a little bit more direct than her mum's because she literally climbs in through his kitchen window sneaks up far- upstairs and this is where she finds the room full of puppies lovely Terry kind of hears some noise because they, they're, they're winding around a bit more he comes up yelling that they're going to end up in the air well if they're not careful Cassie's hiding and when she is she spots a box of money there's a load of Yummy. 20s in a box so, oh, a temptation there in a way. Meanwhile, Evelyn's outside the front filming. And again, I'd say it one more time. I was being not very clever on Wednesday's episode. Or maybe, maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't, um, 
written well enough. Oh, no, that's not. No, it's not. It wasn't. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I there was a moment when I thought that Evelyn and Cassie were. This was their though their joint scam. I thought it was like a, I'll go in through the back while you cause a scene up front, but it wasn't yeah. that, was it? No, I don't know. That's you kept asking fault. weird questions. I did. Yeah. She's just out there with a camcorder, isn't she? Filming and trying to gather evidence that he's got an illegal puppy farm, and he <laughs> he comes out and makes a scene saying. Um, Oh, and then there's a passerby that walks past, isn't there? And the Terry's like, "Don't worry about her. She's just my batty old mum." And well, she said she still thinks they're it's the '80s with a camcorder. Yeah, they're having, a, they're having a scuffle because he was trying to get the camcorder off of her. Yeah. Um, and then so he tells her to do one, um, and so off Evelyn goes upstairs. Meanwhile, Cassie is busy pocketing the cash, um, and Terry is back in the house calling old Mrs. Doubtfire, saying that we need to call time on this. They're on to us. This is too risky. It's but then the he hears Cassie and the dogs again. Um, she's 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 got all the money now and she starts trying to bundle the dogs into a carrier because yeah. she's going to escape with them. <laughs> but Terry comes up and finds some of the pups calling around outside their cage. Before Aww. he can tell what's going on, though, Cassie whacks him around the head and he lays him out on the carpet. It was it was very much in the same vein as uh, Griffin's spider in the Gindle last year, wasn't it? Classic stuff. So she <laughs> pops the pups back in their cage, says, look, don't worry, I'm going to ring the charity. And then she heads back off. Back in the cafe, Roy says to Evelyn, I've contacted a charity charity and pointed them in the direction of Terry's place. And Evelyn's like, oh no, Terry's going to think it was me. He's, he knows that I was there sniffing around. He's going to think that I've set this RSPCA onto him. Thanks, Roy. Brilliant. And then he's going to go after Tyrone because that was another thing that Terry had threatened. So I'm going to, I'm going to, your grandson had better watch his back. Now I know that you're niggling me. So Cassie gets back to the cafe She's really apologetic to Kevin and Abby about skipping work today. She's been helping. She says, look, I've been helping Evelyn. Oh, no, sorry, it doesn't go to the cafe. She goes to the garage, doesn't she? She's been, she said, I've been helping Evelyn and Roy out with this whole puppy farm thing. Kevin and Abby are like, this is brilliant. We've not really been on it much for this past year. Now people are involving us in their illegal puppy farming stories, in their right to die stories. They're li- they literally know all the goss of the street at the moment, know, don't they? Do they me. know that Ed's a gambler? Somebody better tell them that and yeah. make it a hat trick. Um, anyway, Abby clearly doesn't think too much of Cassie's excuse for skiving off work again, in, in her opinion. And she says, look, you come to work to do your job. That's it. And if you want it, prove it. So they leave and Cassie pulls out the cash from her pocket just to have a look and show us viewers at home she does indeed still have the moolah illegal puppy farming money i know i know so craig comes along to um the cafe later suspicious of evelyn because terry has been somebody's (laughs) reported her to them saying well she, she was seen with terry earlier so he's terry's been found with a head injury now evelyn must have been the one that did it. Yeah. You need to come down the station with me, Mrs. Plummer. Um, yeah. Cassie sees her um, being bundled into a police car later. Um, and so she's starting to feel a little bit guilty that maybe she has got her mum in a spot of bother. We- Evelyn's not been arrested. Mind, she's just there to help with the inquiries. <laughs> and Evelyn's like not having any of Craig's nonsense, is she? She's like, this is what happened. Went round, did this, didn't hit him. I would have done if I could have done. And he doesn't seem to believe her. She says, I'm fed up with it. I, I want to leave. And so he, he, he can't do anything. So he just goes. That's just the the general thing Craig about just Craig. You can't do anything. Totally, totally useless. 
But anyway, it, it, it gets tied up by the end of the episode. Evelyn gets released and everyone's a little bit worried that if um, the person who whacked Terry around the head doesn't get found out, then Evelyn's going to go down for it. So there's a cliffhanger for the end of the Ooh. episode. But it kind of just gets tied up fairly, fairly quickly on Friday's episode, doesn't it? A spoiler alert for this, basically, it's just somebody sees that Evelyn... Somebody was walking past and saw that Evelyn didn't go inside the flat, so therefore she didn't do it. It's basically that. There's a few other bits. I mean, Cassie... Um, is, is well, they know that somebody still, did it, even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't yeah. Evelyn. Someone assaulted him and pinched all the money. And, and Evelyn, oh. over the course of the episode, realizes that it was it was Cassie who did it because Cassie's offering Evelyn a nice meal out. Oh, I wonder whether it's Beastar or Speed Doll at the beginning of the episode. And, that, and Evelyn says, "Oh, what's that? A raise at work, I suppose." And Cassie's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's what it was." Um, so she. Um, goes home after finding out that she's not going to be sent down for this, tells Tyrone, um, but then they're saying, oh, who could have hit Terry then? Um, Hope is, later on in the episodes, finds out about Cassie's illegal fridge, freezer, no, it was a freezer, wasn't it? The stash of money. I mean... Why would you keep your money where the source of all their food comes from? Yeah, that's where you get your fish fingers, waffles. your potato waffles, yep. exactly, your, your turkey twizzlers, your, your, your ice Fingers cream, your soft pancakes. scoop vanilla ice cream. That was risky, Cassie. Um, but anyway... She, Richmond sausages. I quite enjoyed the fact that uh, Hope is in on the scam with Cassie, because Cassie's like, look, don't you tell anyone, don't you want that nose ring? And Hope's basically just blackmails her. <laughs> yeah. that she, enough that she can bear, buy a pair of earpods for it as well. So what, uh, being a puppy And they're farmer. not cheap. This is probably why I'm so mad Very about lucrative. it. Because I think I would be great at puppy farming. I know, it'd give you more time with dogs, which you like. Yeah, I love it. And clearly you you're rolling in it. This is this is how mad I got how mad I got about this reminds me of how mad I got. Remember that time when they had that fake bouquet that Mary had and I was complaining it wasn't the right type of flowers and she got the name of the flowers wrong and they weren't even in season. I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> I get really mad about the stupidest thing. <laughs> Um, the, the Evelyn, the girl. Oh, yeah, Bo- Bobby. I'm getting worried about this. Yeah, it feels like Bobby is being paired up with Evelyn, and oh my gosh, no, don't, don't do, do that. This. Bobby, Bobby had a couple of scenes with Carla today, um, where he was flicking knickers around the factory. And are you? We're not talking about him. No, not? but there, there okay. wasn't really much of a story. I was it? I'm not into. I don't like pervy. Do do not try to endear me by using pervy humour with this with this person and it, the idea that a bloke would find it sexually exciting to work in a knicker factory is not a funny joke I want to hear in twenty twenty four, and if you're trying to make endear me to this character, don't. I know that the the thing is about it is they set themselves up for this because the whole reason why there is even a knicker factory is because they want to have sniggery little jokes about about pants and but that but that factory's there been there for twenty five years now and and I think that it's, and it's him been drained dry that well walking through the through the factory with those the knickers looped over his thumb and then flicking them and having a saying that he was having a knicker flicking competition I just. I did like the bit where Carla flicked them into the bin at the end of the scene and kind of gave himself a little satisfied grin. But I just did. I he, just, there I, are so many things that could be funny that we... They is, haven't found their way into a script for it, Bobby yet, though. Is it really funny that women have pants? 
Just shut up, please. What about stealing Carla's banana? Did you find that um, side-splittingly hilarious? Well, it was or maybe getting calling Evelyn's super... What was it? God, did he call her? Puppy woman. Puppy. It wasn't even funny. It wasn't even like... It wasn't a pun on anything. It didn't refer to anything. It was just puppy woman. I don't think there are any puns for it. Otherwise, no, I, I would have come up for it. Why didn't they just... What, and, then she, and then doing the... the Making Maureen Littman Maureen Littman, she must have seen in the script, yeah, you got to do puppy ears above your head and go rough. And she, I can just imagine her going, seriously. No, I, I'm not going to say what she thought of it, but um, if if this is the way that they want to ingra- try to ingratiate him, it's not working. We gave him, you know, we gave him the him benefit grace. of the doubt I'm giving him in his grace. first week. Now this is really his second full week of, of episodes. It's not his full week, though. Well, no, you know, you know he, he, he was in it for a few episodes, then he went off for a few episodes, and now he's back again. Um, it's... I no. just don't want a pervy, wisecracking person working in the factory as though the entire idea that women have underwear is is a funny concept. I don't think they're going to keep going back to that. I they think it was just one I of his... I find it borderline misogynistic, to be honest. I just you. think it was one of his many hilarious jokes that he's going to be um, coming out with. What was that other one that he did? Oh, it was when, this was, it was when Cassie um, offered to take Evelyn out for dinner and Bobby turns around and said, oh, actually, I'm busy tonight. Oh, my God. <laughs> <coughs> What's like the minimum contract you get on Coronation Street? I'm sure that Bobby's going to be in the show for at least six months, but I've got a feeling it's going to be for a lot longer. Yeah, me too. And I'm happy if I I'm still viewing this as teething problems. I think that so. So am I. So I'm am not I. judging him on any of this yet, which is why I feel quite comfortable to criticise it because I just don't think this is how his character is going to be for the rest of the time. They, I just think it would be a massive stitch up because he doesn't write the script and these jokes I mean maybe he does write some of the jokes but I don't find them funny it, he, it's such a hard task what a hard job to go in though mm. how many how realistically how many performers could go in to something like Corey there have been some Peter big Kay names did a good job. there have been some big names that have struggled to come in and be funny mm. the worst one that I remember oh, what was that guy there's a Nor- yeah. was it Norman Wisdom was he he came in um, as like an old jogger back in he was, he was he came yeah. on it was on one of my birthday episodes one did you can you do you know I the scene I'm talking now. about and he's like an old mate of Jack's and he was in it for a couple of days oh, oh my god that was dreadful did not find that funny in the slightest but it was only for one episode and like, okay I'll let you off with that but yeah it seems like this this Bobby's going to be in it for the long haul I but just, he uh, I don't think Corey can write jokes for characters anymore they can for some they can for some they can but, write funny situations and humorous quips and put downs and sarcasm and scenarios but I just don't think they can do jokes when was the last time you heard a proper a character tell a funny joke I'm sure they I'll, do I'll answer I just, the question though no, I, I, and I, I don't I'm remember challenging, the I'm also challenging everybody else I'm sure that Corrie used to be funnier it's funny in different ways. Yes, it is. That's my but, point. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And so they're bringing in a character and they're trying to make him into a stand-up comedian when they don't. There's they don't do that on Coronation Street anymore. It doesn't fit into the sense of humour that the show has, and they can't write for it. And I, I don't think the delivery is very good. And I don't blame him because he's been chucked into this massive. Millions of people watch this soap. Nobody, nobody's. There are very few people that like this character. He must have known it was going to be stacked against him at the start, and. 
nothing that has happened so far has done him any favours at all. Something else that we've not mentioned on the podcast when he was was on his first week is that Jack has said that he knows one of the writers on the show and that he, the right. character was written specifically for him and, and and lots of people are saying, oh, that that doesn't seem fair. That seems a little bit... Um, well, I don't care about that. It, it, like he, he only got in because he knows someone on the show. He didn't get... Yeah, but he didn't get in because he's just someone's mate, though, is he? He's, he's a performer. He's been performing. He's done... Yeah, but it, it, I, I think the fact that people are saying, well, it didn't, it didn't, ha- it didn't hurt... That he he's got inside contact. I don't. Know. I, I don't want this to be turning into. It no, he is, is turning yeah, into a let's then. let's rag on Bobby show. But we are absolutely still no... willing to give him the benefit of the doubt if they can get out of this teething stage of let's really make him annoying. He, he there was even a line in there today, wasn't there, saying, "Oh, dogs don't find me annoying, but people do." It's like you, you, you turned to me and said, oh, "It's a shame that the vast majority of the people who watch Coronation Street <laughs> are actually human beings." <laughs> And um, yeah, not sure what the canine audience figures are for for Corey these days. Or maybe we can get some extra people by doing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when they wrote that line for him, they did they anticipate everybody taking that quite to heart because everybody well, clearly he was supposed to be annoying but I think it's a case of oh I annoy the other characters but the viewers find me endearing. Yeah, what a bold move to go. Yeah, he's deliberately annoying. Mm. Okay, cool. I don't think in the way that you mean it to be, though. Yeah. Anyway, so he's he's there calling Evelyn dog woman or, or whatever. Puppy woman. Puppy person. And Evelyn's impressed to hear that he used to volunteer at a rescue centre. So there's a little bit of backstory for him. Now, Ruby, meanwhile, is finding out that Hope has got money for ear pods from Ganny, Granny Cass. And Hope's like, well, yeah, you know, I can get you some if you want. It's just like, uh, what, what do you need? Um... Back at home later, Evelyn finds out from Tyrone that Cassie has not had a pay rise. What a shocker. Um, so she, her so brain, that's not where the money came she's from. She's already starting to wonder what, what is going on here. Yeah, she said she that's where she got the money from. Where was it? She then gets a phone call to say that Terry has not been sent down because there's no money to prove he's guilty. So that's what makes it what an illegal it? puppy farm, having illegal what? money for the illegal this puppies in his you. illegal room in the illegal cages. This is my point. This is my point. He wasn't abusing the animals. There was no welfare concerns. The RSPCA didn't turn up and go, yes, this is actually illegal. This is this is animal cruelty. You're going down for that. No. The reason they couldn't get send him to prison was because he because they didn't have any proof that he was taking money without reporting it to the council. Like I said, the council doesn't care. All they want is their cut. They want the money from you because you're selling... Do- like, just don't... Well, you know, the councils are not doing so well financially. I Southampton don't care. Council is, uh, is definitely a, every, every single in a great council position is at the moment. But do you see my, my point? The very yeah. fact of the matter that they went there and said, oh, yeah, the only thing we could get you on is tax evasion, just like Al Capone. <laughs> they, he obviously wasn't doing anything bad to the puppies. Otherwise, he would be in trouble for that because it is a, a criminal. You, you can't You can't abuse animals. But he wasn't doing that. He just didn't fill the forms out. <laughs> Okay. okay. I really, I'm, I'm very much against, like I said, legislating animal love. Right. Um, (laughs) Evelyn goes round to see Cassie in the shop and says, 
I know where you got this money from. Want a pay rise, was it? You were the one that clonked Terry around the head and nicked his cash. She's obviously fuming because it's down to her, down to Cassie, that Evelyn was arrested in the first place and Cassie was willing to let let, let her be sent down for this or whatever it took. And and Cassie's Cassie's got an excuse was a lot. I didn't mean to go there to hit him around the head. I just went to take the puppies back or look after the puppies. But she didn't seem particularly... I don't get what's, what why Evelyn was quite so mad about this. Because Evelyn would have done the same thing if she had been physically capable of doing it. What, hit him around the head? Smacked him about and stolen his dogs and taken the money off him. I think she might have She's whacked him around the back of the head. I suppose Evelyn, we have seen her be a bit of a tea leaf in the past, haven't Evelyn's we? So a massive thief. Mm. She was used to steal stuff off of, of a dev. dev. Yeah, that's, that's how she true. got a job. So, like mother, like daughter, for for number one and number two, you maybe would have done it if you could have done maybe it. Maybe it's not the fact that Cassie stole the money that Evelyn's mad about. It's the fact that she stole the money and then still kept dumb about it when Evelyn was was it was, yeah. was taken in for questioning. Yeah, well, she, and she was potentially going to be facing a bit of a bit of a fine or a jail time or whatever. But for then this. I thought Cassie was quite funny when she said. Um, yeah, and I'm not back on the gear. I gave 20 quid to a homeless man. Outside the bookies. Wow. Was it an illegal homeless man? <laughs> Probably. Did you declare that income to the inland revenue? Did you make sure that he put it on his tax return? Don't think so. Illegal. Arrest her. <laughs> um, that's kind of it for the story. I just thought it was weird that she she like made sure that, that Evelyn knew she gave £20 to a homeless man. It wasn't mm. £5. It wasn't a quid. It wasn't like a, a, a sandwich. It was £20. Does that is that significant amount or something? Do you get a prize if it's over a tenner? <laughs> what do you mean? Um, right. So where where are we up to <laughs> with this now? So Puppy Terry, woman. they still need to. Oh, I, I think Terry is now. going to get convicted with this in the end. Oh, There's going to be some way over. that he's going to. It didn't really need to go any longer than next week. Um, that this is more turning into a story of isn't Cassie a wrong un? She was, but she's not though. Well, there's been two things in the past fortnight that she's done that are slightly dodgy. One with a scratch and letting Abby take yeah, the yeah. hit for it. Now, I mean, I don't blame her for not wanting we... to go to prison herself. Are we mad about illegal puppy farms or not, Coronation Street? Yes, very much so. Then why isn't Cassie a hero? She's puppy woman. Yeah. Not Evelyn. <laughs> Evelyn's just worried that her status is being threatened. <laughs> she's got the the move down and she's even got a catchphrase, which is arf. Um, can I just give a quick shout out? And we did put a tweet out about this. Abby's nails get a mention in Wednesday's <laughs> episode. That was Ian Kershaw that wrote, wrote that. <laughs> I don't, they're just explaining all of the actors. Um, why Why do all the actors look like why they're do they look famous? Like they're, yeah, because they had a line a couple of months ago about Cassie's, was it her teeth, I think? Yeah. And they haven't mentioned Abby's teeth yet, but they, they, <laughs> I can't remember what Abby said now, but she's there like pruning her nails, isn't she? And she's like, it takes a lot of work to, to have nails like this when you're, when you're working as a mechanic. Ask no questions. I thought that was brilliant. They're like, well, everyone's saying it. We might as well just go along with it. That was funny. This is the sort of thing that in a parallel universe, I'm probably ranting about for half an hour. Yeah, let's... But I'll let that not. slide. I don't really... I don't really care. Um, okay. Anyway, that was good. There was more, more precinct stuff. Pool Street was the address that was given for the precinct. I'm not sure whether we had that before. This is interesting um, because we had two... Um, location Location shoots. shoots in the same story. We had the puppy farm location. We had 
um, the drug deal. Yeah, the, yeah. Why didn't Dean meet up Ali, Abby with in the normal alley? They could have had that there, couldn't they? I'm not complaining, obviously. Well, you make your mind up. Do you want more location sheets or not? I do. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> right, uh, you, you lucky person, get Twinina. the, uh, the Twinina storyline. Wonderful. Um, Nardi, sorry. Quarrelanardi, yeah. On Tuesday, Amy and Ardy are talking in the cafe. He's still interested in her. And he gets jealous when she mentions she dreams about Zayn Malik. Yeah. He is gets that, over her quite quickly. Is that somebody from Boys Aloud? Girls, boys... I don't know who Zayn boys, Malik is. Boy is he bands. in One Direction one? Oh, maybe that's it, yeah. Dev gets soppy with Asha about her imminent 19th, 18th, 19th, 18th, 19th birthday. And he's got a photo of them with yeah. Sunita when they were born, or was it the year after? Yeah, you should have. I remember this photo from 18 <laughs> years ago, and soon you'll become 19 years old. Um, he no wants questions. to do something nice with them and Nina for the day, but she's not feeling into it. And this just... was this Is this not teenagers, in a nutshell? You'd, watching this as um, an older person who misses those days with your parents, I was just watching this going, don't... Don't be mad that Dev wants to spend your birthday with you. You should be thankful. Dev on Friday's episode, which was just dad. the best. Yeah, he was He's making so that adorable. lovely breakfast. He was treating treating his kids like the prince king, and princess. Yeah, yeah exactly. They? And they're just surly about it because they've got all these hormones. It's not like they've got millions of friends that they could spend the day with, have they? Wow. Ardy's a massive loner. He's got no mates. He's got his friends from Fresh Goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nina comes over later. She wants to do something with Asha for her birthday. And she says, oh, sorry, uh, my dad wants to do something. And Nina's all put out about it, even though they all live in the same house. So surely she's invited. Ardy goes back to the shop later. He's knackered after a hard day's shelf stacking. He's not in the mood to listen to Dev wittering on about the art of salesmanship. Ashley comes in and mentions the birthday meal to Ardy, and he's not very impressed because he thinks it's going to be cringy. And what would Dev never? <laughs> Asher tells him Dad's just missing Bernie, and they should just humour him. So when Dev comes in, they both say, "Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll let you treat us nicely for our birthday." On Wednesday, Ardy and Asher are putting together plans for Friday evening because they're going to go around Ardy's flat after the meal, aren't they? They're going to yes. have a party. Bit of Taylor Swift, yeah, not the, bit, not the dog. Bit of little mix. <laughs> we got some uni people coming, got some fresh good people coming. Then she gets a phone call from her course supervisor. <gasps> oh yeah, do you remember it was it was the fact that um no I can't remember what it was something oh Isla Isla's been suspended. We find out. Yeah. Nobody cares. I really... One of my favourite bits of this story, probably my most favourite bit of this story, was that weird Glenda scene on Wednesday's episode where she's getting talking to the girls in the shop. It was uh, Asher and Amy, wasn't yeah. it? And Glenda's just putting her foot in her mouth and, and digging a deeper and deeper grave by asking the girls, why don't you look fabulous like me? Basically. Oh, you're so normal and refreshing. <laughs> Your hair is just so straight and you don't do anything with it. <laughs> and she's trying to offer them tips so they're not really interested. Yeah, that was funny. That was, really that was funny. funny stuff. Um, someone's reported Isla for having an inappropriate relationship with Asha and she's furious and accuses who, Nina. Who on earth could that be? I wonder who I think Nina. it must, must be. Nina, Nina denies it and tells Asha she's out of line, storms off. These were the quarrels. Then we get to see... Amy overhearing Ardy telling Bobby that Amy's off the market. Oh yeah, Bobby's kind of got his eye out, hasn't he? And that that Amy there, she looks like a nice bit of skirt. Who is she single? Ardy's like no. See, yes. he's clearly he's, the fact that he's clearly still into Amy did make me wonder why he ended up doing what he did 
at the end of Wednesday's episode, but who am I to understand teenage boys? It's been so many years since I was one. <laughs> Amy then tells Ardy, I'm not a prize to be won, and storms off. Ardy finds Nina in Seb's garden. She tells him what happened, and it wasn't her that reported Isla. They sit down next to each other, and she's moaning and crying about it and saying how bad it is her relationship with Asha and Ardy says that she's not terrible you're smart funny beautiful then they have a kiss and Nina pulls away immediately and says oh this didn't happen right pause for a second did you know this was going to happen before it did had you I seen any pictures think I did I, I sadly had been spoiled about this one what what did you think stupid it's very like scandalous soapy stuff isn't it that can't happen very often the fact that you got one bisexual and then two twins it it feels <laughs> like oh yeah that was bound to happen yeah. one day just because of the various um pieces locking into place here um, it's almost be rude not to it yeah it would it would um I just thought this was silly, and it annoyed me. It annoyed. But then again, you know, I, I sorry, but it led, in the last... and it didn't lead to anything exciting on Friday, did it? A little bit load of nonsense. In the last year, I'm gonna say Nina's been having such a character assassination. I did me, yeah, totally. Who watch? You know, I always use this as my as my litmus test. If you started watching Corrie now. And everyone was saying to you, oh, yeah, Nina's one of my favourite characters. She's great. She's right laugh. She's really good. She's nice. She's kind. She's like Roy's uh, niece. She's really funny. Well, it's she's, like she's, she's sassy. She stands up for other yeah, people. Yeah, she's sarcastic. She don't, she don't take no nonsense Quick. from anyone. Would you get any of that from Nina now? She's just... No. She spends all her time looking she's like just, she's just finished crying and moping after after Asha. She does. You're right. She just looks post-weep And what's all her, the time. her big story last year? She fell in a pond. <laughs> Maybe that's what did it, and it's, she's just she's been wet ever since. Yeah, I they they need to give her her spark back. She does feel she's awful, and I know I know, I know she went through great trauma when she was this attacked in the happens. street and and kicked this is what Corey does. They take nasty these teenage boys, strong hero, strong heroines, and they make them really they build them up. They're great. Everyone loves them. They're sexy. They're sassy. They're fun. And then they put them through some trauma, make them cry for like weeks on end, and then they become a shadow of their former selves and never do anything fun again. Same things happen to Carla. Mm. Same things happen to Toya. Same thing happens to... But it's kind of happening to um, Daisy at the moment yeah. in a way, isn't it? She's not... Not completely. It's the Weatherfield has... Waterworks and then mm. you turn into the Weatherfield Wailing Widows. Yeah really bad sort Nina out because she used to be fun and now she's I don't even know what Asha, what Asha sees in her anyway no, they, they need to give her a strength back um, Amy storms into number seven and moaning, moaning about to, to Asha about what Ardy's done saying that she you know she's his bit of skirt Nina gets home Amy leaves Asha so they can be together Nina goes to the kitchen Asha apologises for accusing her and Nina's like all shook up by the fact that she just kissed Ardy um, Ash is asking for forgiveness and Nina says yeah, yeah. and then they have a hug but she says can we forget about it now and Nina says yes and Asha goes to kiss her and then she's like oh it tastes strange or she used to make some comment that was so you taste like my brother it just it just felt like some line that they picked up from Pornhub I can't remember what she anyway said. yeah it was a bit weird on Friday Dev's on the phone to Bernie talking about how he wishes she was there for the twins birthday she's probably thinking I'm glad I'm in prison I can't think of anything worse 
And then she ser- he serves them a posh breakfast, Asher and Nina. Um, Ardy's... Ardy's, Ardy's back in those flat at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. Why has he got a headache? Is yeah, it slightly? Uh, is it a uh, worse for wear after? Is it a hangover? Has he got the silent killer, the odorless <laughs> gas that is carbon monoxide? Carbon monoxide. Asher apologizes again to Nina about the Isla thing, and Asher and Nina's like, everyone makes mistakes. Some of them are different ones. Some of them might be illegal puppy farms. Some of them might Some be of kissing. Them might be kissing your girlfriend's brother. Yeah. This is what happens when they put bisexual characters in Coronation Street. They resisted all these times and now they've got one. They're just so promiscuous, it's terrible. Michael. Ardy turns out, that is like the worst, that's like one of the worst stereotypical things that people say about... Well, Corrie is playing into this, aren't they? This is why they This is why they refuse to say anyone's bisexual, the same as they refuse to say anyone's autistic. Mm. Even though they clearly have people with autism on the show. <laughs> Ardy turns up at number seven. Dev's falling all over him. Nina's looking super uncomfortable. Dev's like, I'm coming, I'm going to work now, but I'm going to come back and cook you the most amazing lunch, but I'm not going to say what it is. Gemma, you're going to have to just imagine. I really want to know what it was. I would have eaten it. Nina's left with Ardy and they're like, listen, let's just not talk about it. I feel bad, don't you? Yeah. So they agree to forget it never happened. Forget, forget it, it happened. ever happened. Yeah, forget <laughs> it never happened. Dev comes back later. Considering they agree this, they fess Very up quickly. quite quickly, don't they? Well, Dev comes back later. Amy's not coming for lunch. Asha opens her present from Ardy and it's a bracelet. And she feels guilty because she's bought him socks. And like, she she should be, she should do Craig's job because she needles it out of them immediately. She's like, oh, how come you bought me this? You normally only do that when you're guilty. And they both go... Oh, why would he be guilty and look very guilty? They they did both both they get Adam really and Molly did a very good yeah. job of looking terrible, terribly guilty. Yeah, they but did. But I I think that the you might characters be would be slicker with this. They really were making it a massive giveaway. And Nina didn't need to jump up and say no. What would he be guilty about? If I was Nina, and I think Nina would do this herself, she would just stay quiet and hope that he didn't carry on digging that grave for himself. But no, instead she's like, oh no, he's not guilty at all. So Asha clearly sees that Asha's what's like, going on, on here. What's and, going on? You're hiding something. And she didn't have to turn the thumb screws no, too she's hard. She's like, oh, if you got me a surprise, are you doing? a surprise or something and they're like yeah surprise we kissed each other <laughs> really I-, I was expecting that to at least go down the route of them having to say yes we have got a surprise and then they would get their heads together and say oh we've got to do a surprise ration now what should we do and then the rest of the episode because I didn't know any of this with the, sea, with the carbon monoxide was happening I thought the story would yeah, then go in the direction of they have to come up with a last minute surprise brilliant birthday present for Asher but instead they were just they just sang like a canary didn't they and then Ardy nearly died speaking of canaries if Ardy had had one of those he, he wouldn't have got into that, into that mess would he <laughs> um, Ardy confesses Asher and Dev lay into both of them. Um, he Dev says, look, Ardy, let's leave. Let the girls talk. And then really like, immediately, um, Asher's like, I'm not taking your apologies. I don't want to hear it. This relationship's a car crash. I know I've been in one. And then she leaves. So leaving Nina alone in her house, mm. in their house. Dev and Ardy comes back. And I thought this was so sweet because yeah. Nina was crying and Dev gave her a massive cuddle. Mm. And he was really sweet to her. Even though he knows that she's done wrong. Yeah. She, she's kind of part of the family now. And, yeah. and, and Dev's and family is very important to him. To him. Yeah. Um, Ardy takes his birthday beer and goes home. 
And when she goes to see him, uh, Asher goes around to see him and he's passed out drunk on the sofa. She gives him the bracelet back and says, I don't want to see you again. This is when we... Yeah. Was was it at this point that we saw the the flashing carbon monoxide or were we not? No. No, we didn't know at that point, did we? No. Amy finds Asher in the shop later, finds out what's happened. Um, Can't believe that there was a kiss between Aldi and Nina. And Asher says, oh, he's dead to me. And then we cut to... Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the carbon monoxide alarm going beep, beep, beep. Actually, it was going beep. Don't don't, want to bother you, but you... Just Listeners, you go know. and check your carbon monoxide alarms. You if you didn't have, get you it from have, Coronation Street, they're trying to teach you. What? You should have changed the battery in me. You should have thrown <laughs> me across the room. But be careful, because you might be dying. Be careful. Watch out. Watch out. Watch out. What happens next? Sorry, I don't want to wake you up. I don't want to wake you up, because you look so peaceful, Hardy, but you might not quite make it to the end of the episode if you check your contract. Hmm. Um. So... Amy goes to the precinct to see Ardy. I wasn't sure why Amy no. went over there and she was very insistent about Probably seeing him. Probably because she knows that she's in a soap and when Asher said he's dead to me, Amy thought, uh-oh, I've been in this, this game would be ironic. <laughs> we know that the scriptwriters wouldn't pass up an opportunity. There's not much else been happening around here today so I've got a feeling this could be the big drama. Gav lets her into the flats. Hey, Gav's back. And he jimmies the lock and they rush in. Uh, he's unresponsive Amy calls an ambulance there wasn't I didn't like the script there like Gavin says oh Gav says phone the ambulance and Amy's like oh yeah I was going to it didn't it didn't feel like it was no no um so they go they go to the hospital hospital scenes after that he's been poisoned by the silent killer and everybody should go it's, and it's check. It's the silent killer, the bistro ninja, because I'd be down for that. <laughs> Have you seen a woman with black hair who's got an Irish surname? And she's very thin and she used to be in a band. She folds her arms a lot. Because uh, she, if she hits you on the back of the head, you might mm. pass out. Maybe that's who did Terry. I'd be trying to pin it on Michelle. Yeah, maybe maybe nobody hit him and it was just the carbon and monoxide. <laughs> yeah. Carbon monoxide can kill you in many ways. It can asphyxiate you. It can whack you around the head. um... It just is silent. That's the only thing. Yeah. That's the one thing you know about it. Everything else is fair game. (laughs) So they're waiting for to go see Ardy, and Dev tries to convince Asha to forgive what Ardy's done. Looks like Asha's going to say something, but she just goes and gets a drink. Uh, in the cafe, Roy can see there's something up with Nina. She tells him about the kiss and Asha's ignoring her calls. But then we find out from Mary that the reason she's been ignoring her calls is because she's in the hospital with Ardy. So Nina rushes to the hospital. Um, the twins are having a little makeup chat where Asha advertises apple juice. <laughs> and she he says that what happened with Nina meant nothing. You're, you're great together. Nina shows up at the hospital um, tries to convince Asha of how sorry she is. Asha believes her, but says, this has just made me realise, even if it meant nothing to you, this relationship's over. I know. And I that's know, the end. they had so much promise, didn't they? They really are better as friends, in my um, shocking, controversial opinion. A lot of the times I forgot they were going out with each other. They were really sweet as friends. They were sweet as friends. They, they never really had much of a chance because they got together over COVID and their characters couldn't touch each other. Was it COVID? Yeah, because they... it was a bit after COVID. I can't remember. Well, no, it was when they were, weren't supposed to... You know, they had to... They were going to... They did have a kiss scene, didn't they? And it was like all filmed. Oh, gosh, yes, they did. Yeah, thank they you. They had a terrible composite kiss scene in the cafe. 
Oh, that's brought back our own for them. That was quite a while ago. So they've been together for a fair bit. Yeah, a they couple have, of years. But it's like But the... how much how much actual genuine relationship stuff are we I suppose we've seen them we've we just seen them kind of slobbed off on the on the sofa together, haven't we? Yeah. Like mates. Yeah. There's been nothing kind of exciting about them. There's been... They haven't been very intimate or kissy or lovey-dovey, which is fine with me, but you do need that to, to show people what they're going they, they out. They really just felt like housemates crashing at a dad's house. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like Corey have said, these these two aren't working, let's split them up. But they they didn't need all of this story for it, really. It's Well... I wonder what um, whether Asha because was was Asha one of the ones that fancied? Was she with Corey? I'm losing track of what happened with that now, but she's she has shown interest in men in the past, hasn't she? So I, I'm wondering whether whether both of them yeah. are going to have boyfriends next because it felt like she was almost surprised herself a little bit by yeah, being so attracted to Nina. She was gay until she. She went out with Nina. Yeah. And I was wondering whether when Asha and Nina got together, are they going to forget that Nina was ever interested in boys? Because it felt like they went a bit down that route with um, with Rana, didn't it? it? It felt like she was like just full-on lesbian once the, they got together in the speed dial van. But the fact that they have remembered this with the kiss with Asha means that, oh yeah, Nina is bisexual. Will they do it with Asha again? I don't know. Don't know. Um... I mean, this is this is clearly going to leave lead to Ardy and Ash Amy getting together, isn't it? But I, you're asking for predictions again. Oh God, I just leave it to the prediction episode. Then fine. Okay. I mean, we've, we've spoken enough about what we thought about what just happened. Yeah, it was dull. That's what we thought about it. Um, and I'll, I'll shock you now. I'm not going to say have a whole lot of exciting things to say about the J, the uh, Damon Hay storyline. Um, I, I, I'm I'm not hating him and Ed together. together. I didn't get what's happening. So he's got. He's a, hired Ed for what to build something? Yeah, they said in last week's episode it's a bar job, I think, or is it a swimming pool? Or maybe it's a swimming pool with a bar. I don't remember. Maybe it's a barge on a swimming pool. <laughs> I don't. They're doing some kind of job together, um, and I, and I think that the two of them. Are okay. I, I just, I'm just not feeling Damon in the slightest. Sorry, Damon fans out there. Right, and what's Dee Dee Dee's history with Damon is that they, she was his lawyer, or he was. Was he seeing her at one point? I don't remember. I think that she was charmed by him, and then when she realised that he was a dodgy sort, yeah, she, she gave him like, his marching orders. Jesus wouldn't like this. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that until you mentioned it, and that kind of makes sense why she's so oh, yeah, insistent what... that her dad doesn't have anything yeah. to do with him. Yeah, she she was. Now. There definitely was something going on you're right, with you're right. Damon hiring the lawyers and mm. and Adam giving her the job. Yeah, and she was doing something, and she be, it became apparent to her that she was not. Yes, thank you for the reminder. Okay. So anyway, um. Ed is um, has temptation placed in With front of him yet of again for the how many time is this? <laughs> Damon's like Ed, buy me a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fifteen grand. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to change my image. I'm not an evil criminal anymore. I'm trying to make, make I'm Sarah think I'm a, I'm a cool dude. He's like trustworthy. He could have bought. He could have bought Sarah Louise a puppy, couldn't he? That yeah, would have been the ultimate romantic that. gift. Yeah. Uh, yes, it would be if a man brought. 
Oh. Their romantic partner, a puppy. Oh, I walked into that one. Oh. Um, yeah, for, for about the tenth time in the past six months, Ed gets a big wad of cash on Tuesday's episode so that he can go and buy some supplies that he might need for this job. And Ed's like, oh, here we go again. But Damon's like, no, you take it. Damon doesn't know that Ed's a gambling addict at this point. But Dee Dee certainly tells him when she corners him in the cafe later and saying, my dad's vulnerable. He's he messed He's got a up. disease. He's got a disease. Not like Paul, don't worry. It's an actual, it's worse than that. It's gambling. Yeah. And uh, please don't mess up my dad's chance to go straight. She just says he's got a gambling addiction. Don't tempt him. Yes. And Damon's like, oh no, I just gave him a load of money. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, "Uh uh-oh. So he goes... He runs, he literally runs he runs to the office. And then much later in the episode, finds him in the yard office and, and Ed has not spent the money, although he was apparently just about to, so phew, dodged a bullet there. Um, and that was it for that. Wednesday, Damon gets a call from Harvey, and uh, he, who still wants him to do this, whatever it is, bank job, I can't remember. Puppy and, farming job. <laughs> Yeah, just imagine. Start an illegal puppy farm. If no! it turns out that ha- that Harvey is the one pulling the strings in the puppy farm business, yeah. if so he's listen, the Mr. Big. I want you to run a puppy farm for me. Don't fill out any forms, but if you hurt a hair on their heads, I will come around and end you myself. <laughs> no dog abuse. What do you call... Oh, God. I haven't got, I've got a, job, a joke kind of brewing here. Go on, then. No, I'm not even going to do What do you it. call... I was just going to make some kind of... Jo- come on, you can do it. The head of a puppy farm... In ancient Rome, Rex. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what Rex. Well, that's a dog's name, isn't it? Yeah, and it's the ki- name of the king, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll I'll, workshop it later. I'll, I'll cut. I'll, if I'll cut that out, if I remember, I won't. Um, Somebody else write. Gotta take the rough us. with the smooth. Um, rough, anyway, rough. oh, you do better than me. Just yeah. like that. That's because so, I'm puppy woman. <laughs> So I want you, oh, you and um, you and Evelyn, a puppy woman. You should have a bitch fight. That's why I have over the two puppy yeah, women. Uh, no, we're gonna have a party for supremacy and call it a bitch fest. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Damon, Damon is overheard by Sarah Louise telling Harvey on the phone, "I'm gonna leave me alone, or I'm gonna end you." Sarah doesn't know that's who he's talking to. All she sees is him threatening some bloke down the phone, and then when he tries to talk to her, she's like, "No, I don't want to talk to you. Leave me alone." <laughs> David. Love my pants. Love you see my pants. Um, Friday's episode, Ed comes over to see Sarah in the cafe to talk to her about Damon. So he's actually a decent guy, and Sarah's like, I don't care. I don't want to. I don't want to know. I don't want to have anything to do with Damon. <laughs> Maybe he has changed. <laughs> so she goes and finds him doing some wheeling and dealing on the phone by the bistro, and she says, oh, "Would you would you like to go out for a drink with me, Damon? And who knows what else might happen?" <laughs> and so I got, but it's Sarah. Louise, honestly. What a strumpet. Seriously, you know what he's like. But I'm still just, I'm just refusing to believe that he's changed. Actually, if I wasn't being so stubborn, he kind of, I I kind of believe that he does want to change. He's not wanting to do this job for for Harvey. I, I don't think I've really seen anything since his return that's led me to believe he's clearly mega dodgy still but I'm, I prefer to be in the camp that believes he's a nasty crim and there's no redeeming him mm. I, I hold a grudge against some people that's all I'm saying yeah so I think everybody has their characters that they will forgive everything for I'll tell you what it was actually me that crushed his car <laughs> yeah because they find yeah they that, okay that was odd. random wasn't it it's really odd like, okay it's just another scene of Damon and Edward oh no there's a crushed car right in front of them so Harvey it wasn't me has um, 
Sorry, I'm just fighting with the cat. The cat's fighting me. The cat has just found a bit of stick stick. and she's not having it. Not allowed it, it. it's abusive. Um, Yes, Damon, uh, Harvey is sending a message to his dear brother by having his car crushed. Hopefully it didn't have Fat Boy from EastEnders in. There's a reference for you. And um, (laughs) Damon gets the shakes from it and is like, oh dear, I'd better leave Weatherfield before um, I end up crushed in it myself or maybe Sarah Louise will or maybe poor little Harry so he goes round to um, Red Bank and says to Sarah I need to skip town can't can't stay here anymore I need to be on the run again and what about she's the like, swimming pool what well he's going to build the swimming pool doesn't matter he doesn't care, care about it he just doesn't want to end up in dead it. yeah um, he had what I'm to Rufus quite and so she says no don't leave don't leave <laughs> he goes to leave and then she sh- shuts the door and they have a snog Anyway, so anyway, they're back together again. So if you're sad about the uh, ending of Nina and Asher's relationship, at least we've got a new one here. One door closes and another opens. You've written, discuss, Sarah forgiving Damon. I've I've written Do you think it was with a shag or... Yes. Pregnant? (sighs) I I just really have got no interest in this story going down the route that it's clearly going down. I can't see. Which is them two being a couple. Sarah his first nomination of the year for the Yellow Love Award isn't such it? bad judgement in almost everything she does mm. so this makes perfect sense but what is she doing <laughs> what is she doing what is she doing and, at, least, uh, at least think we, we could hopefully next week get some more um, funny David scenes when he, he finds out about this and also what Small again, squinting again like <sighs> Harvey's had his had Damon's car crushed that's it then is it same as the week before when Damon kidnapped Adam and held him at gunpoint and nearly shot him and nearly murdered him in cold blood but he didn't go through oh yeah I forgot about that one I said he hasn't done anything bad since he came back no (laughs) exactly but he might as well not have done because it doesn't matter does it nobody anywhere on the street saw somebody taking his car and replacing it with a a mangled up piece of metal but yet normally you can't go anywhere without either hearing somebody talking about you from behind a wall he's very stealthy or seeing people having maybe, an affair maybe Damon is the Bistro Ninja maybe he well, found he Bistro Ninja's car. handbook when he was or maybe you get told the secrets of the Bistro Ninja when you buy into the Bistro maybe. as he did but last year why did year. he crush his own car then to make Sarah feel get guilty and drop her drawers well it worked it certainly did yeah these these rich criminal types can afford a new car oh, Matt it just does a, just another one of those things that it it feels like a frivolous funny thing to put in and completely harmless but what it does is undermine the integrity of this of the show in in general to just have things like that happen that mm. don't make real any real sense if you look at them for any length of time yeah. Right. Anyway, Gemma's, Gemma. Gemma's woes and misery on Friday's episode. On Friday, she's telling Paul that she's worried about this social worker meeting, which happens at number five. And the social worker's telling them that the process takes time. We're going to resolve it as quickly as we can. Shout out to the wall in number five, the yeah. little fireplace wall. Very nice. Don't get to see that very often. Chesney's saying, Always hurry up. We, we need the kids. The kids need Gemma back at home. Then the social worker leaves and Gemma and Chesney have a bit of a mope about the situation. And then Chesney tries to chivvy them along and says, oh, don't worry about it. Linda's coming. <sighs> so Linda is Linda Joseph's, is Joseph's grandma, grandma, Katie's mum. Who's the rich lady that lives in Portugal. About the 10 billionth comeback that Coronation Street has had this year of a character that I'm not really that fussed about seeing again. She is going to... 
I think this is quite interesting because this is going to put the cat among the pigeons, isn't it? Oh, that's probably the point. Well, yeah. And Linda, I don't think Linda particularly thinks Gemma's any good at anything. Well, she, I can't remember. She was around for the wedding, wasn't she? Because she had that cake fight with Bernie. Yeah, exactly. and, then, and then earlier on, maybe two years ago, she was there for, what was it last year when we had the Joseph and uh, Chesney scenes in the airport? I don't remember. I, I, didn't, I don't mind the character, but I've got less than no desire to see her back ever again. Well, Gemma's not happy about this and uh, also not happy about the fact that Chesney hasn't even mentioned it until now and she's coming tomorrow. Um, I assume it's because he can't handle looking after the kids by himself, but he still expected Gemma to do it Mm. when she was there. (laughs) Um, Gemma goes back because she lives with Paul and Billy now, just to remind everybody. She gets a message from Joseph saying he's sorry he missed her and he wants to to come back soon and he wants to be walked to school. I mean, it was kind of sweet, but it didn't add anything, did and it? And she says, oh, she's really worried and she loves him and he says nobody's taken those kids from her. But I think Linda might try. Do you think? Well, I don't think she... If I was Linda and I... You know, we still don't know what's wrong with Joseph, but we do know that he was in hospital because of something that Gemma did. Yeah. And that's why the, the social workers have stopped her from living with them. And there was something wrong with him before then, though. Yeah, and and it's suspected that she's. So what? So either Linda's attention. going to try and get the kids off. Of it. She she wouldn't be able to though, would she? She could try. No, she could try to do something with Joseph, but not not the quads. Mm, she's clearly going to get. Cares about the quads. Oh, of course she does. Why? She's... They're not her relations. They're still family. Yeah, but jo- somebody when else to dote to... on with all the rich no, grandma money. When she was trying to get Joseph over to live with her, she wasn't offering anyone else to live there, was she? She's smart. She, I wouldn't. I want to see what they turn out like. Joseph's cute and waif like. These kids, who knows what they're going to be like. <laughs> Is she going to be uh, very judgmental of Gemma and? Uh, yeah, the fact and then that she live and then it will be revealed that Joseph's like secretly swallowed a battery last year, and that's why he's dying. <laughs> and then everyone will have to say, "Sorry, Gemma, you were right all along." And I'll record it and play it back to myself <laughs> and pretend um, it's about me. So. This week's had its ups and downs. It feels like we've spent more time moaning this week. It's been a fairly short street talk uh, on the face of it. But um, the, honestly, the Paul and Billy it's stuff on Monday... It has been a short street no, talk. it hasn't. It's been nearly two hours long. Yeah, it's usually a little bit more than two hours. I know how long these things last. Um, yeah, Monday's episode was so, so good. We, it feels like we didn't talk about it too much, but there's not much to say apart from... Wow, wasn't that fantastically yeah. done in in every single respect? And the fact that it's taken um, an element to the story that I didn't necessarily want to see it go down and make me completely go for it. Not not that I want it to go down that way still, but make me understand that why Paul would consider it. Um, I just I just loved it. it, it it's everything else. No, Almost. no, I I like the puppy farm. You didn't, <laughs> but the the Nina and Ashwinardi. I... My gosh, that was dull. Damon not interested Gemma's woes not interested <laughs> I not for me oh my god you what this Paul and Billy story feels like has barely put a foot wrong the whole time yeah it's such a magnificently written well performed story just great I can't say and that's the thing you can't really say too much about it <clears throat> because it was so so flawless I think mm. So do you, are but you, I don't want it to. I don't want it, you know the takeaway to be that this is week is terrible um, and that there's no redeeming features because that that Paul story was one of the best. That 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 scene with Billy and Paul where B- 
Billy swearing on the Bible was just Well, I have I have wonderful. now started my list of potential scenes of the year for 2024, and that is the first scene on it. So well, it's going to be expect to consider that again year. at the end of the year. Billy swears on the Bible to kill Paul. Billy kills Paul. <laughs> Um, uh, who's, are you having one of those as character of the week or are you going for one of the dog people Cassie I for don't being know the brave names. dog rescuer puppy woman mm. no I'm going to give it to Billy for that um, that scene yeah I I, I, I kind of really struggled to, to pick between the three gay dads I think they both had um, very uh, what they, they were. They both had great, great performances. They both had all of um, them, not both. Yeah, they all did. Sorry, yeah, yeah. They all had um, features that oh, I can't like, even speak like today. Like Todd's nose. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you, you speak? I don't know what I'm saying. Well, the three gay dads. What a revelation! Because we used to make fun of them and say, and say it was stupid. Like they, they don't really work. But the the relationship between those three is so mature and nuanced and unique. And there's nothing really like it. Uh, there's never been anything like it in, in Korea. I don't know if there's anything like it in any other soap, but the 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 relation, the complicated relationship that has been born out of this very long and sordid um, love affairs and, and and things over the years. And who'd have thought that T- Todd would turn out like this? Just really great. The whole mm. thing, challenging everybody and just bringing out the best in people when it fe- felt like a really hopeless and bleak story. Yeah. There's still lots of sadness to come, but again, Cory just manages to wring more humanity and just beauty out of, out of it. I think I think I'll give it to, to Billy as well, partly only because Paul's already had quite a few recently, and, yeah. he, and I'm sure there are more to come. But it, it could have been Todd, it could have been Abby. Um, and, I saw uh, lots of people saying that Billy was they were mad at Billy for for being angry with Paul and trying to take the drugs away from him and things, but. I genuinely think that I think many people, most people would. would. You, why would you go? Oh, good, yeah. You want to kill yourself, and I. We, I we already talked about this, and I said I didn't want you to. Mm. Mm. Um, what's your score then? It's a difficult one for this week because the episodes did vary in episode, quality so much. No, the, the first, like, I'm just trying to remember. Apart from like Tuesday's episode, apart from. The story with... There was so much with There Paul. was loads and loads of stuff with Ka- Cassie and Abby and, and, and uh, God, wasn't Kevin a, a, a dickhead? Um, but, you know, if it was Monday's episode, I'd be trying, by itself, I'd be trying to give it a five. Would you? See, I was thinking four, four and a half after Monday's and then... Wednesday's was pretty good, but <laughs> going Ab- down. Ab- average. And, and then Friday's is just... Oh. <laughs> so I think I'm going to end up giving it a higher score than you. I think it's probably, sadly, evened out to maybe a three and a half, um, three and a half ferrets on adrenaline out of five. <laughs> um, but it, it could have been so much more. Do you, I'm thinking it's kind of in three territory for you. Um, why did they make Ardy dot nearly die? I just... It's, for no reason. It's like, you know, it's it's for like it's it's just for for the sake of for, for drama for for what ten minutes, mm. and now they can't do it. This is the other thing they can't really do a story about that. Oh, but I love carbon monoxide poisoning. It's the silent stories. killer. 
What are you getting? Get, you get I'm three? giving it three mystery birthday lunches prepared by your loving father. Actually, I'll change your mind. Ate. I'm going to give it three and a half piles of ruined flesh in a chair because oh. I did. I did like that line. That reminded. Sorry, that's Davros. Yeah. Um, right. Well, there we go. That's it for this week's coronation well, Street. Street. Let's hope it's back on track again next week. So we've got only... Rachel around to watch it on Monday, and we need to see a show of the good. I want to watch. Um, oh, that Harlan, the one that's got Michelle Keegan in it. Everybody, we're watching that, aren't we? On Netflix. What's it called? Oh yes, we're watching that with her. Yes. I don't want to watch Coronation Street. I want to watch that. Our friend Rachel comes around on Mondays now, and that's why our street talk shorts on Mondays usually go up later. I wish she'd been around. I wish Corrie had been on a Monday this week because she could have seen that good one. Yeah, but then oh, we well. can fool me once. That's what we're watching. I've got so many theories. We're on episode four. It's got it's got two Corrie ex Corrie people, hasn't it? Because it's got Lummers in as well. It's got older Elaine Lummers, Perkins. Yeah. And it? also, I think the actress who plays oh, the actress who plays Shelley's going to be in be it in as it. well. As somebody yeah. said, um, check it out. Um, Don't right. tell me what happens. I believe Gemma. I think it was I, her. She did it I think, all along. I think there's quite a bit, big bit of news for us to talk about this week. So shall we skip ahead to the cabin? Yes. Okay, so into the news section of the podcast. There is some news this week, Gemma. Big news. News that the Coronation Street fans have been waiting for for a very, very long time. But it didn't quite go the way that everyone was expecting. Really? Because we knew this was coming. This is obvious. I, I am not surprised by this week's big behind-the-scenes Coronation go, Street news. When it was did we go up? September, we've we've yeah. known about this position. So, be, No, be, in September, I knew that this was going to happen. You you yep. very strongly predicted and suspected yep. this. Was, what, what has happened then, for anyone that's not been listening? Ian McLeod is now the executive producer for continuing drama for ITV. Yeah, so he's not the Coronation Street producer anymore, maybe, but he's got an improved role, he's got a promotion. This this is what's getting people really, really mad on the internet at the moment, isn't it? Go, well, are these uh, Coronation Streets in such a dire state at the moment that they're producing? Uh, it's a funny one, and looking at the press release and trying to read between the lines, um, it, it's it's not really clear what the current management situation at Corian Emmerdale is, is there? So... This this taking place with immediate effect. I think it was Monday that this came out, wasn't it? The beginning of this week. So he is now responsible for leading the teams at Coronation Street and Emmerdale. So he's been given the title of executive producer, which both series have had in the past. I think I think it was Jane Hudson who was the I think she was executive producer of Emmerdale until last August when uh, when it was announced that she would quit. But Coronation Street hasn't had an executive producer itself for a good few years. 2018 since maybe face. since since Kieran Roberts left. Yeah. And it's kind of been the fact the, the case that Ian McLeod has been doing the executive producer for Coronation Street's job well, and the producer. On. The producer is such a nebulous term mm. in in the media. It it means something different for almost every production, you know. What, so what what, what do you understand by it? They they're the ones that oversee how things are done and and what happens. So um the director's obvious. They look through... They decide how a scene is played out. You know, a um, storyline is obvious. They come up with the, the concept for what the story is going to be. Script writer writes the script. Producer... Actor. I think I know on, what that one is. Depends on, you know, in a movie, a producer could literally be an actor who has got big enough clout to be able to be get put on the, the credits as the producer because they maybe said, I don't think that this should happen or... Mm. I've got a mate we could record in his in his mansion or something. Like a producer is 
really it doesn't have a set I don't as far as I understand it, it doesn't really have a set amount of jobs because there are loads of other people that do the same thing it seems that in Coronation Street the producer has been the boss the one who's kind of steering the ship the one who well, decides well this is the direction it's going to be this is the the kind of yeah, mood that I'm going Street. for this is what I want the um yeah this is what I want the, the, the vision of the show to be and then when there was a producer and the executive producer, I mean the produ- the exec producer was just the yeah the o- the overall uh, and the producer was the overall vision I suppose and the producer yeah. was left to get on with it. I mean, exec- I think the producers always had quite a lot of control. Yeah, and that's that's not necessarily true of of every producer. Some producers are just but you know money men and budget keepers, and um, some some producers are you know nitty gritty. How are we gonna actually get this done? Mm. You know that that it's a very wishy washy term, and executive producer being in charge of Corey and Emmerdale. Um, yeah, like you said, Corey used to have an executive producer and a producer, and what they did, I I couldn't tell you. But Ian McLeod and his predecessors, like Kate Oates, have always been the figureheads for the show mm. they've been where the buck stops they've been who people blame when things aren't going very well or i mean they very rarely get any credit for when things are going well and um, sometimes them they they like to push themselves to the forefront as well kate oates was always uh, on on well, good she morning was the face britain of she was she really really was she liked to get herself out there and do the interviews well, if I had but that face, i don't I know whether well. <laughs> i don't know whether i've ever seen Ian mcleod do an interview on tv he might have done but it well, felt he's like he's accepted awards from time to time he's been at yeah. he goes to the ceremonies and things mm. um but he I, I, it feels like he's had more of a, a so, backstage yeah. role so we know that um, actors will have meetings with the producer, specifically Ian McLeod, and, you know, to talk about, this is what your character's going to do this year. This is our vision for for your story. This is what we want to do. They'll have a meeting with him and he'll say, we're going to extend your contract. They'll have a meeting with him and he'll say, sorry, you're leaving. This is when you're going to die. That kind of thing. So they they are like... Yeah, he's kind of in charge of the hiring and firing and... Yeah, yeah. And so and without an ex- <laughs> yeah, giving about, about crap that's going to happen and saying, and this saying, is going to rock the street. Also, we're Turn very heads. happy to be raising um, awareness, awareness of the of... issue of um, gambling addiction. Yeah. It's a disease. Uh, yeah, so, but I, I guess that since Kieran Roberts hasn't been there, the, the role has just been absorbed into whatever Kate Oates first and then Ian McLeod subsequently yeah. have been doing. I've, I've really been critical of the fact that there's no executive producer. Um, myself because I feel as though it's too much for one person mm. what you've also got though is the ex- assistant I think it is producer yeah, in Coronation Street at the moment which has been Verity McLeod his wife so she was somebody um, She both, both Ian and Verity had worked on Coronation Street for a long time she she first worked in Corrie in 2008 she kind of did came in as a script editor was a script producer then assistant producer. Ian's first worked on Coronation Street in 2006. And I think a lot of people don't realise because they say, oh, you know, he's he's only been producer... Well, he's been producer for five years now, which is a very, very long time in terms of producer. But many people think that that's when he started at Corrie. But actually, he's been going back from 2006. He was a researcher at first, then a storyliner, then a story editor. Then he disappeared off to Hollyoaks and Emmerdale for a bit. So he really... He's got a lot of experience um, leading 
the 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 soaps almost all the soaps are obviously not not eastenders um so he both of these people know cory very very well and i just want to add in that when ian mcleod came into cory it was with a bit of excitement because he was responsible for one of the best stunts outside the uh oh yeah the hot and bypass crash in emmerdale he was and he also was responsible was he not responsible for the the bit where somebody had dementia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ashley, was it yeah. the vicar on um, he, on Emmerdale? He's done a lot of good work on Emmerdale. And I'm going to say he's done a lot of good work on Coronation Street. I know that this news, that you know, if you're listening to this, you're a fan, you're in too deep. And uh, most of you are not going to be happy about this. I know that for a fact. Um, because there's been a lot of criticism of Ian McLeod because Coronation Street feels like a lot of people very negative... There are definite flaws in the show at the moment and it does feel like a lot of those flaws are easy to identify and they do feel like they might be easy to fix. You know, no consequences, too big a cast, block filming, um, there's too many new characters, there's too many issues. It's us that say that, you know, people say that some some are easier to fix than others. You could very easily get rid of the too many issues, I would say probably, but then maybe like what what happens, you know, we we need to show that we're working with these charities and so on and so on. I think things like block... To who though? I I I don't know, just so they can pat themselves on the back. Yeah, that's Um, right. But things like block filming, I'm sure that yeah, yeah, that's not an easy fix. Okay, okay, I misspoke, but... And you can't just fight... From the perspective of of a fan, it does feel relatively easy. Everything that we're saying at the moment, (laughs) even though we're ever so slightly closer to the the industry than many listeners might be, we're still very much outsiders. Oh yeah, we we're, don't know what you're talking about. We're, we, we, we really don't. We, we've got this. no kind of... <laughs> There's no insider knowledge here. We're not using any kind of secret knowledge. No. Nobody's told us any of this stuff. This is... No. I just want to make that very clear. And even though we are ever so slightly closer being involved in the podcast and having a, a bit more of a direct line of communication with, with Coronation Street, there are definitely listeners listening who know a lot more about the situation than we do. Oh, yeah. And who, you know, might have experienced Emmerdale under Ian McLeod know more about the other bosses because this this Jane Hudson was it she left Emmerdale last summer I don't think we know what she's doing now um Emmerdale boss there's currently two producers of Emmerdale it's 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 very confusing to me but basically we don't know what's going on with Verity McLeod the 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 not rumblings the 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 what people agree is the most likely thing that's happening is that she's stepping up to producer or maybe she's just I don't know holding it, the fort holding yeah holding the fort who. until they get somebody because that's the thing they haven't said who the producer is bit would be but from my reading of the press release there is going to be somebody when this news came out on Monday everybody was saying oh I can't believe it why are they producing him now they're letting him promoting him pr- what did I say producing him promoting him thank you now they're putting him in charge of two soaps what on earth now he's going to make two soaps bad but I mean people are already I feel the general feeling about Emmerdale at the moment is that it's far from its best but the press release says Ian will work alongside the series producer and producers for Coronation Street and Emmerdale and support them through all stages of production. So Emmerdale at the moment, I believe, has got two series producers. This would then imply that there is going to be a producer at Coronation Street. Is that going to be Verity? Is it going to be someone else? Without, With all due respect to all the work that the McLeods have done, I think Fresh Blood is 
much needed here. Oh gosh, I, I absolutely don't know agree. Who would want to take on the role of producer? Given you'd be in a McLeod sandwich, <laughs> with Verity being the assistant and Ian being the executive producer. That, that's the that problem, isn't it? Like that an seemed... incredibly compromised situation to be in. It does. How are you going to be able to uh, um, enact your vision, your creative vision? If your um, assistant is married to your boss. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of businesses where that happens, but it doesn't feel like it's ideal. Verity might not want to continue being the assistant producer if if, if Ian is is moving on to executive producer. But then what else would she do? Is she going to lead the show as well? Assistant executive producer. Well, assistant to the executive (laughs) producer. I really don't know. But it is peculiar, I think, that they haven't said so what could the reasons bit. be that they haven't actually made it clear what the producer... Why, do you have any ideas? Well, no, not really. Apart from they haven't got anyone yet. Well, I mean, this is why we... Or it's Verity. I, I suppose if it was Verity that was made producer, they could not be saying it at the moment. Because if you imagine a press release that said, Ian McLeod's going to be executive producer and his wife's being made producer, would that sound like a you know, double whammy it's too of... Much. Um, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel right. But, but I just want to say um, the the reason why I thought it was obvious from the beginning that that this was going to be his role, executive producer in McLeod, because the 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 job advert was written for him. Yeah, this Nobody job advert was available have... for anybody to see on the ITV um, job site back in September. I think we we talked about it back when it came out, didn't we? So you need it, part of the. Um, the remit for the the job advert was that you have uh, so you, the role of executive producer is leading the progression of our soap strategically, editorially, commercially, and financially. So that gives you an idea there. It's not really a creative job, is it? With you at the forefront of productions, we can continue to produce the best continuing dramas for many more years. Skills you'll need. Proven experience in managing duty of care, welfare, risk and compliance on a TV continuing drama production, which I think that's one of the key things here because Ian McLeod is definitely a champion of his cast. Yes, he is. And from what we've heard about Ian McLeod from people who work at Coronet, they all sing his praise. I don't think we've heard anybody say a bad word about Ian McLeod. He, from what we gather, is a very understanding boss is a is a nice guy that's not always necessarily good sometimes you know the axe has to be swung but it feels like like his office is always open to talk to him and 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 they've got a positive family kind of team there the the thing that the thing that stuck out as as this is ian mcleod's job you need proven experience in managing on oh no, outstanding track record in delivering editorially and commercially successful continuing dramas at producer level. Yeah. How many soap producers, continuing drama producers, were knocking about for a job as executive producer at ITV who could say you've got experience exactly. in those things? Yeah, no, I mean, nobody. Me- I, I, I don't know enough about Jane Hudson to know whether she would have stood a chance here. Um, I don't know who else could they have it. brought back, you know, Stuart Blackburn. I think I think Phil Collinson's a little bit busy at the moment doing his Doctor Who. Um, so yeah, there are there's... lots of continuing drama productions that have producers who, you know, could have got, gone for this, but it just felt written for Ian. Yeah, because it says a TV continuing drama production, it's and that, that doesn't many. mean continuing drama as in there's been a few episodes. It's a, it's it's a soap. Continuing drama is a fancy word for a soap, isn't it? 
Yeah, there are loads of there are loads of television shows that are in continual production, but they're not filming. No. Every day. Kate Oates could possibly technically have gone for it, although I don't. Who knows what her contract with BBC is? Because that's the thing. She's doing. She's she's doing a higher role than producer in BBC at the moment. I don't think she's. ITV's favourite person it feels you know it said that she quit back in 2018 was it but there's something that didn't feel right about it she'd only been in the role for a while there was a lot of negative press about her wasn't it I absolutely don't know but it feels like it was more of a case that she was ousted out unfortunately so she wouldn't have got the job as much as I would have loved to have seen her come back because her era of Coronation Street was my favourite since the podcast began um, so yeah, there's there's not really anybody else that could have done it. No, that's why I was not surprised at all. <clears throat> as soon as they said that they wanted this job, mm. somebody for this job, it was only in McLeod that could have gotten it. And, <clears throat> you know, for, for all that the criticism is levelled at him, he has got obvious strengths. And those strengths, I, I hope are what will make him successful as executive producer that might not necessarily have made him a, the best producer. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're taking a bird's eye view of things, um I think that's I think that that, that probably is a strength, you know. I'd like um, is I... there somebody who can get really in the entrails and start dragging guts out and chopping bits out? That's what we want for a producer. We don't need somebody who's with the spreadsheets, who's everyone's best friend, who's um you know good about welfare and managing a cast of divas or whatever it is that they think they need we want somebody who's gonna cause a bit of a ruckus really for a producer and that maybe Ian McLeod's strengths are executive producer Possibly. I don't think this is a really negative thing if I don't get really a new producer, I think that that's what we need we need a new producer we need new creative vision we need somebody to to maybe upset the apple cart a little bit I don't know how you do that if you're if you're a producer between Verity and Ian McLeod, mm, mm. but hopefully that's something that they're looking at. It, it, you're right about it needing fresh blood. If I, My <clears throat> concern is if Verity does step up to be producer, Corrie will stay exactly as it is at the moment and she'll just be, you know... The, Status quo. Yeah, <laughs> she... I, I mean, but maybe, maybe I'm not giving her enough credit, possibly. Verity's been thinking, oh, I've wanted this for Coronation Street for a while, but Hubby's been the boss. Yeah, but how are he's you going to get him to, com- to let you do it if he's now your boss? Again, it's the same... It doesn't feel like a different dynamic think... to have an assistant producer and producer to producer and executive producer. It feels like the exact same thing, except you get paid 20 grand a year more. Well, possibly. It depends whether he's like, well, it's your show now. You know, we're we're saying that he wouldn't let her carry out her vision of the show. Well, maybe, maybe he would. Listen, we don't know them at all. No. And we talk about them a lot as though we know them. And we say their first names like we're, you know, acquaintances. Never even met them. I've I've been in the same room as him like twice because (laughs) we went to the same awards. So I, I think there's a lot of respect owed to... The power of them for what they've achieved. I think that people are really negative on Coronation Street, and it feels obvious to say, "Oh, this, these are the things that are wrong." I mean, the problem is this announcement has come at a really unfortunate time, yeah. hasn't it? Because we've just been through that Christmas at Coronation Street when all the things were coming out about, "Oh, it's not made it into the top ten. Oh, wait, no, it did make it in the top ten. Everybody's number ten. You, you, yeah, you got the East Enders is riding on a high at the moment. There's been 
I've noticed a lot more, still not necessarily from the press themselves, but among the fan communities, there's been a lot more negativity just in the last few weeks. So it's unfortunate that now is the time that it's been announced, but I guess this announcement will have been decided ages ago. The The job offer, the, the job advert closed, I think it was back in September. So this has probably been decided and known about for many months now. And it's just, it's just annoying for Ian, I suppose, that, that it's come now rather than maybe straight after a really popular like mm. uh, week. And and the other thing is, it's clear, it's clear to say that soaps are constantly in danger and terrestrial television is leaking viewers left, right and centre. Is it fair to talk about viewing figures as the only metric by which you measure somebody's success as being the producer? Not really sure because... I think it's one of those things where you can kind of predict that year on year you're going to lose about half a million people until you get to a baseline. Where's that baseline? We don't know. It's it's difficult though because people will just say, but but EastEnders have been gaining viewers okay, but EastEnders, over the last twelve months. Their triumphant Christmas Day episode at the end of the day was a million more than Corey had. That's not a great deal. No, but if you look at the the figures. Over the course of the last 12 months, Coronation Street and Emmerdale have both been in decline. Yeah. EastEnders have gone up and it's... Emmerdale, uh, EastEnders are getting... I can't remember what it is. A couple of hundred thousand more now than they were doing a year ago. And that's been going up during the year. It wasn't a flute. It wasn't a freak Christmas. Oh, wow, EastEnders has done really well. It's That's a proof that with the right vision the right producer the right everything you can reverse that downward trend but what i'm just going to point out here is that there's there's a stark difference between how these things are funded bbc is funded by um people who pay their license fee yeah itv is funded by commercial activity well that's the metric you want to measure your success by work on coronation street has included very you know much more commercial partnerships than I think has been in the past. Um, what is it, are you talking about with all the, the sponsorships? The sponsorships, and, the, the, yeah. the vans appearing, you know, Argus vans, adverts um, for like, you know, haze travel in the paper. I think everything with the Coronation Street experience, I know that's yeah. continuum, but it all it adds in. And I yeah. think that behind the scenes, I think that Ian McLeod probably has a lot of strengths in financially. Um, Savvy you know, ideas. Patching up the holes that are created by fewer viewers. How do you, how do we get you know the end the the original way that you would have got money from from being a soap on ITV is selling adverts in between. Mm. You know during the advert breaks. Now there's so many much more creative ways of doing it. There's online as well. There's the sponsorship. There's the ad bumpers. There's the in scene stuff. Yeah, I think. But he's probably quite clever at patching up the holes created by a, a lesser viewers. Maybe taking his focus off of the day-to-day creative stuff and putting it onto how do we make some money out of this bloody mm. thing. It's tricky though because 
he he has Maybe said his his quote is I'm beyond delighted to be stewarding two shows that I along with the whole nation absolutely love. They hold such a central role in viewers' lives and working with the immensely talented teams on either side of the Pennines to cement their position as the best soaps on the telly will be a massive thrill and a privilege. I've been honing my skills in producer roles for the past decade and I'm brimming with ideas for what the next chapter on each show will look like. I can't wait to get started. So this is saying I have got ideas for what I want next for the show. What what it's going to look like. Does that mean I've got ideas for stories or does that mean just general organisation of it I don't know I, so, some know. some might say that stories at the moment on Coronation Street, some of them are getting a bit stale. It, it, it's natural. You, it must be very difficult to come up to be constantly coming up with these ideas for all these different characters year after year after year, especially when the program's been going on for sixty years. And he's like, oh, somebody's already done that idea that I just came up with. Well, you're not just competing with yourself; you're competing with the other soaps. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there, there's no. It, it's not an accident or an oversight or frivolous stupidity that he's been made executive producer. He's He's got skills and he's got vision and he's got abilities that make him worth... They, they, there was no reason to create this job unless he was saying, I'm going, unless you make me executive producer. I, we really don't know what happened. Just educated guesses, well, not even educated guesses, that we're, that we're trying to indulge it here as fans, trying to work out what the hell is going on here. Yeah. But if they don't start advertising for producer for Coronation Street, I'm going to be really surprised. I'd love it if they got a woman in, because I think that Kate Oates did a really good job, and I think that because so many um, stories are based on, on women and Coronation Street's a really big... You know, that's the heritage mm. of the show. I'd love it if we had another woman like Kate Oates, for example, who's really daredevil and um, courageous. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I Corrie's been safe. Or whatever, as long as they've got oh, well, some good story ideas. I yeah. think Corrie's been safe. Do you not think? Mm. It's been safe. They need to do more risk-taking. <coughs> but, 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 when... but I don't mean shaky cameras. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. <laughs> that's, what, that's one of Ian McLeod's ideas, and I don't know whether as an executive producer he still has the... Uh, final say on whether to use a, a dark nighttime filter when it's evening but they film it in the middle of the day or point of view shaky cam when somebody's having a bit of trauma um I, yeah I, I, I don't know don't know i don't know i, I no um so I, I it's a case of wait and see really like you said i'm not surprised i think that the the rumors going around that are saying oh you know maybe they're doing this because ITV are trying to run the soaps into the ground. They can see that they're not getting the figures they used to. I mean, it, it probably is fairly true to say that you can get a lot more viewers, a lot more ad revenue from much cheaper to produce reality TV, reality TV stuff. Um, but but I, I don't believe that ITV are doing it on purpose to try and get rid of their soaps. Anybody who thinks that there is some kind of secret conspiracy to undermine soaps in order to insert crackpot theory here is just insane. Mm. There's no conspiracy here. They're not trying to get rid of the soaps. They could cancel them tomorrow if they wanted to. They they make too much money. I'm sick and tired of people pretending that they're not culturally important. They are. They, they are still, even though the figures are going down, the they're still one of still the most... impressive. Yeah. They're, they're still one of the most watched shows on the channel. People need to just compare it to... The, the, I, I use this comparison a lot, but Coronation Street was still pulling in bigger numbers than Game of Thrones when it was being screened on IT, on, on Sky. Yes, it was at a weird time on a Sunday when people didn't want to watch it, but this was one of the most globally recognised shows of its era 
and Coronation Street was still out outperforming it. Mm, mm. But th- these are not. This, this is no slouch. This is not just because people are snob snobby about it does not mean that it that it's not important for for ITV and it doesn't bring in lots of money. I I believe that it brings in a ton of money for ITV and until that stops, they will not get rid of. Coronation Street or Armadale. Yeah. Um, well, John Whiston, who is even higher up than Ian McCallum, yeah, is John Whiston's job. job at the moment? He's, is he, wasn't he head of North, drama? Uh, North. He, he's MD of continuing drama and head of ITV North. He's very, very important. He said, I'm delighted that Ian has agreed to take on what is probably one of the toughest, but most exciting jobs in the TV world, responsible for six hours of primetime ITV output, 52 weeks yeah. of the year. That's over three feature films worth. The job is not for the faint heart. Luckily, Ian has been hewn in the fire with continuing drama, having produced all three Northern Soaps, Coronation Street, Emmerdale and Hollyoaks. During that time, he racked up innumerable awards, brought to our screens fantastic new characters and storylines, and tackled some really important social issues with boldness and sensitivity. We're very fortunate to have him uh, to help guide the soaps through their next phase. I just can't... I, From what he's saying about how much this is to produce, I can't believe that there wouldn't be a producer role. There's got to be. Unless he's spending 90% of his time executively producing Coronation Street and 10% you, in Emmerdale. Well, I don't think going to work like he, that. He's going to be looking at the bigger picture here. He's going to be probably... There's going to be a push to make all the soaps available digitally before they're shown on better, screen, better which I think do. would be silly. If you look at... I just want to point something out. If you look at the top 10 Christmas days... Um, What's it called? Programs. Programs. They were all event TV. Most of them were event event TV. Where if you didn't watch them when they were on, you missed out in some tangential, in some tangible way. Yeah, because right? EastEnders usually does upload at the beginning yes. of the week, but in Christmas week they didn't, no. or at least for that episode. And then there was some kind of quiz thing. There was the King's Speech, and there was Doctor Who, and all these things are stuff that would have been spoiled online, and you got something from watching it live. If soaps don't acknowledge that that is an important part of the experience of watching a soap, they are going to fail. I'm going to say putting them online digitally before they screen is going to be the death of soaps if they do it. I I don't... I'm telling you, it's event TV. Look at the top 10. You tell me... On that top ten, most of them were. You have to watch it now, otherwise there's no point. I'd be very interested to That's look more into say. how well it's done on EastEnders because they've been doing it for a year or two now. I can't remember. Every week they've been releasing them early, and Hollyoaks do as well, I think. So ITV and uh, sorry, yeah, the ITV soaps are the ones that are holding out, which is which is great for me. I, I like watching it spread out through the weeks, and I think that you lose a communal experience. I think as the years go on, our fuddy duddy attitude of that will unfortunately just be seen as archaic well i'm i'm not going to back down from this because it's the same if the olympics if all the olympic events took place or six o'clock in the morning every day everybody did their stuff simultaneously and then you you found out whether somebody won a gold by seven seven a.m in the morning would anybody be watching it no it's event tv it's the same with the with football the, the reason why football is brings in so much money is because it's event TV. You have to watch it when it's on. Well, or go to great lengths to avoid being spoiled. 
Who knows whether that's what Ian McLeod wants to do? Oh yeah, to say of course. Here. I agree. I agree with you. This I just is the think reason that why as, as the years like, goes on, fewer people will have that same idea. This is the what? This is the reason why things like strictly dancing and strictly come dancing and dancing on ice and and whatever else rubbish stuff that they you know dancing around the kitchen. What's it called? Um, Bake off. <laughs> No, well, whatever. What's the Celebrity, one? Celebrity. Singing, I'm a... singing, whatever. Get Britain singing. Whatever they X are. Factor. Yes. Britain's got talent. People have to watch it when it's on. Otherwise, you're like, oh, okay, well, you could have just told me what happened in a, in one sentence. Mm. Well, who knows these, whether these that's are why they, These vision. are why they, these programmes have been in production for years and years and years. All of these things, you watch them live, you share the experience, you text your friends, you go online, you look at the tweets, you go on a forum, you talk about it as it's airing. They get rid of that, they will be shooting themselves in the foot. Well, we'll have to see what the new producer thinks. Whoever it is, I hope I hope that they announce it soon. I hope that there's not problems they haven't even that have... done a They haven't even done a job advert. But I don't know whether the producer gets advertised like that. Do you reckon? Well, you have to, don't you? Isn't it illegal requirement? I thought they usually just steal somebody off Emmerdale. That's how it's been since Stuart Blackburn. I think it's a legal requirement to Um, advertise. No, I think maybe you're right. We would have seen it if they had started advertising it. And perhaps there's some kind of internal discussion and maybe they need Ian McLeod to work at being executive producer for a while before he understands what he wants from the producer role. He'll be heavily involved in whoever is hired. He's going to be writing the the job advert, probably. Mm. Whatever they do, I just hope they let us know. And they're not under any obligation, obviously, to. But it's not helping the discourse around Coronation Street for people to be speculating about could it be this person? Is it nobody? Is it really that much of a secret? Even if they say Ian McLeod's going to be... Um, doing, both. doing both or or Verity's going to be stepping in temporarily until somebody whatever it is as far as that's I know, probably better to be told that than just not know because it feels like yes. it's a bit of a rudderless ship possibly which it I'm sure it's not a good thing to do for your flagship show no your flagship's got to have a rudder hasn't it well otherwise you're going in circles exactly um I think we've said all we've well, got to say about, about as, that, that, isn't that's it? That's an ignorant ranting. Totally ignorant ranting. We don't know what we're talking about, no. but we, we thought we'd probably better say something about and all it. Of, I just want to say also, all of this Throw comes from a in. place of love and and a wish for success for everybody at Coronation Street, including Ian McLeod and Verity McLeod. I want them to do really well. So do Whatever I. Whatever job they do, and I respect the things that they've achieved and that Coronation Street has achieved. I think that people take it for granted and there's so much more involved in it than we could ever truly understand I cannot I don't even know how it gets made it's like a miracle every week it it, it boggles the mind and he has he has done some fantastic stories as well Yasmin's Squares of Control I love the Nina attack or the Nina Seb attack there's been loads of great stuff there's been some fantastic things and there's been some wonderful storylines and great performances that have come out from Ian McLeod's tenure and if this means more good things for Corey, then I'm I'm happy for it. Yeah, but but equally, it is fair to say that there are definitely many things <laughs> okay, that we're, we're not so happy with. with it. Okay. Just, just <laughs> end it. Let's end it here. What do you think? Yeah. Write a comment and let us know. That's not the only news this week. <laughs> and news that won't take half an hour to discuss, but it's kind of possibly interesting, is that there's going to be a new ITVB 
drama. No. What's ITVB? But I, is it another, another channel or something? I don't know. I'm sure it's going to be on ITVX as well. It's <laughs> I, I don't know what ITVB is, but um, it's not ITV2 and it's not ITV3. It's like a react. They're doing this reality show thing right, called what is this? Drama Queens. Right. So it's a behind the scenes look at Coronation Street, Emmerdale, and Hollyoaks. Interesting that they're getting those in as well. There's going to be the cast. The, the cast, yeah, the, the cast. They're, it's it's going like to be seeing what they get TV up to. TV show about making these three soaps. Yeah, it's not following s- some of the talent yeah it's not putting Barbara Knox in a room with um some famous person off Emmerdale which I can't man, man, I don't know who it would be it's it's Marlon ju- who plays Marlon I again know. I forgot he always beats Jack P. Shepard <laughs> oh yeah um, I used to know what's his name anyway it um, it's not that it's just like a let's follow some people as they film and maybe go into it's their dressing like, rooms and see and what now, they eat for lunch in the canteen I think. Charlotte Jordan's in her dressing room getting ready for the scene where she tells Daniel that she loves him Oh, I, I'm really excited about this scene I've been practising my lines now we're watching them rehearse look at her with her lovely hair she's I, beautiful. I'm actually she's really interested in out, seeing this. Out on the town, here she is having a good time. Hey lads, yeah I'm having a great time, me, yeah I love Manchester it's right, it's not a scripted programme, Gemma. You don't have to provide, provide what, put words in it. This looks like well, a bad idea. Whoever's going to do this, I feel like you cannot... Why? What, what, what don't you like about it? Because no. me, Mr Naive Me a reality here, television show I would be very much interested to see this. Privileged, employed actors talking about how hard their, their lives are to have to get up at six o'clock in the morning to do a scene. Like, I totally appreciate it is really hard and difficult, but I'm going to tell you that the... The world does not want to hear it from you at what all. What makes you think it's just going to be them moaning it's about because how Because otherwise it's drama. Though. It's not drama. If there's no conflict, there's no drama. It's it just because... going to be a boring eight 60-minute episodes of people going, oh, I love my job. Oh, yes, I wake up in the morning and I have some yoghurt and granola. Then I get into the studio, plenty of time. Makeup done, excellent. Do my scenes, no problem whatsoever. Go home, go to bed by 10 o'clock, wake up in the morning again. Nothing, nothing's bad or challenging at all ever. But it's gonna, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be people talking about how hard it is. There's going to be people talking about lines. There's going to be people having discussions behind the scenes. There's going to be, oh, we have to do a rewrite because oh, there's been an, another acid attack in Manchester and it's too sensitive to talk about it. You know, you know I just... You you're in real danger here of making yourself out to be a massive dickhead who only cares about how difficult it is to get the correct colour mascara and and moaning about what your dress fittings are. But I think with it being on ITVB, I'm I'm not thinking this is going to get huge Listen, viewers. Listen, I'm going to tell you, we don't get lots of listeners, but we still, if something comes up in our show, somebody comes on our show and says something that you can spin into a negative headline, it gets picked up by everybody. But so what? imagine if it's a television show. But why would it be? Why because would, people want to make something bad out of everything. I think that ITV would be, you. Cl- would if be you're careful. an actress or an actor going on this, this will not benefit your career at all. I think ITV will be very careful about what they allow on screen. They're not going to well, put something bo- on the show that's going... It's pointless to watch then. You're either going to make a boring show where nothing happens, or you're going to make an interesting show that stitches everybody up. Well, we haven't got long to wait. Like, apparently going to be talking about the spring, busy so schedules of soon. being a soap star, the family lives and attending events like award ceremonies. 
That's what Instagram's for. I don't need to watch it on an. Uh, we're all gonna we're all gonna watch this, aren't we? We're all gonna watch this. We'll, we'll record it and fast forward through the Emmerdale and Hollyoaks. Award bit, ceremonies we? are they gonna go to when ITV's just cancelled the Soap Awards? <laughs> yeah, that's very idiots. true. There aren't any award ceremonies happening this. Spring. Ian McLeod, executive producer. One of your first jobs is to bring back the Soap Awards. I wonder whether they'll have something like, um, and today, uh, William Roach has been called in for a meeting uh, with a uh, new producer, insert name here, to uh, to discuss his new contract. You're fired! <laughs> yeah, and he's, and he's like, don't worry, I've not been fired. I managed to wangle another year out. There's still life in me yet. I'm going to live to 107, you know. They're going to show it this spring. I, there's no award ceremonies no, no. between now and spring. Well, I mean, no, no, there's not. There's, there's not. not. And there's there's like, no, this is, don't get involved in this. I, I hope that it goes well for them. I like that they're doing it. I love all the behind the scenes I do stuff. as well. My worry is just that it seems out of touch that we are in a... There's a global crisis going on. People are working to their hands to the bone. We're going into a recession. People are losing their houses. They can't heat, they can't heat their houses. They can't afford to eat. There are millions, of, like literally over a million children living in poverty and... To have a TV show where the biggest issue is going to be what colour lipstick that you know Should they're trying to wear. they're trying to make me wear coral lipstick, but I prefer pink. It's just going to look really out of touch. I I think you've got more of a pessimistic outlook on this than I'm me. Like, I totally see what you're saying, but I I think that ITV will be clever enough to not. Then it's going to be boring. Show their uh, their stars. In they could life. make a really interesting show about this, and I said I want more behind I'm, the scenes. I'm things. interested in just how the day to day, like a day in the life of yeah, that'd day be in the life of Sally Whitaker, whatever her name is. Eight now. hours. <laughs> For eight hours, no. And also, don't care about their family. I'm really sorry, but I just don't. I'm not interested in your family. I don't need to see you with your nice... But some people do. ...detached house Some people find that very interesting. And your so. hot tub and your bloody ghost that you live, lives in your house with you. We will definitely Simon be watching <laughs> it. We will no, de- I want to see more ghost stories. You want to see Simon Gregson's haunted house, don't This you? was eight hours of Simon Gregson's haunted house. Sign me up. <laughs> I want to move in with him. <laughs> So is this, is this? I wonder if this is just going to be the the, the ladies because it's called Drama Queens and, and that's Anthony why I Cotton, keep focusing obviously. on on the women. Yeah, I just think that there's so much misogyny in the world. Women have got such weird expectations put upon them. I don't blame anybody. I'm not. I don't want anyone to think here that I'm saying that you would be wrong to say I'm I'm annoyed that I've got to wear coral lipstick and I want to wear pink because you get judged on everything you do. But watching it is not going to be to anyone's. I think I think the part of the problem is it could make everybody is... look like a bunch of divas. That's the other thing. It could be really detrimental to the reputation of a soap star. I think I think the problem is that the um, um, the uh, the press release for this is um, there's nobody fa- involved. fairly vague. It doesn't yeah. say any names of people who are involved. It's only a few sentences. It's coming in the next few months. We don't know much. So you've got your idea of what it's going to look like. I'm, I'm, I think it's so, going to be something else. So ITVB is is their reality TV. It looks like their reality TV thing. And oh, they've got okay. things like The Real Housewives, Million Dollar List in New York, Botched, The Only Way is Essex. All of these shows are about taking the mick out of out-of-touch, stupid, ignorant, rich people <laughs> who don't understand that they live in the world where people are literally dying because they get... They can't heat their house in winter. Well, don't don't expect me to feel bad because you the the the, the 
the script changes five minutes before you're about to film. Just like the producer situation, Gemma. We'll I know it's really hard. And, I, 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 and I totally, again, I totally appreciate how hard it is to be an actor. I just do not think that this is going to be the thing that makes everybody respect soap actors. Well, I'm looking forward to it anyway. That's it for that news. Final thing, because um, there's been a few other little mini newses, but um, the, the only other thing, because I had a feeling this one would overrun, that I do want to mention is... Star Tour tickets are now available for the Coronation Street experience in February and March. Get yourself on the website if you would like to go onto All the Valentine's cobbles. we can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, from... The, and also, every we- Chinese New Year. Yes, every weekend. I'm sure they'll be doing something from good for that. the 10th of February until the end of March, you can get yourself yeah, Star Tour tickets. Yeah, exactly. I, I hope... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm still very pleased that these are going ahead because it, 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 it's, it's basically just a standard thing now, isn't it? It used to be very irregular that they would do these, but in the past year, it seems like so everybody just wants to get a piece of it. They've probably got a huge backlog of, of people signing up. Some people are doing it twice. Um, definitely worth the, the extra, um, I think, 20 quid for a ticket now. Um, I, I go, and, go and do it if you want to do it. And, and who knows what new... Um, what? Bits and bobs there will be on the experience for 2024. I know they've moved the Star Tour. Yeah, you can star. do it inside. So You don't do it in the um, police station anymore, which makes it's me just think. It's too cold over Christmas. Makes me think that they're doing something in there. Who knows? So, don't forget, also, if you sign up for one of these Star Tours, you could be coming face-to-face with one of the stars of Drama Queens on ITVB. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe you will even be in... Drama queens. Yeah, maybe, maybe. You'll be they'll say the today. Footage. Today they've come to the, to the Coronation Street experience to do a star tour. Here they oh. are meeting a rabid fan. I ain't doing this. It's a load of old crap. All these people are absolute nut jobs. Still, it, it lets me it lets me heat my massive hot tub for another year. Doing it for ten grand and no, not penny less. Because <laughs> I need to buy lobsters for my fortieth birthday party that I'm doing on Instagram. <laughs> oh, who who is that? Who's that? <laughs> oh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's uh, let's, let's do some move feedback. Away from that. So, from a very long cabin section to a somewhat shorter street tour, we've only got only got two emails this week, Gemma. I'm sad. Where's all the where's our adoring fans with their fantastic feedback about how awesome Coronation Street or nay even the podcast is? Come on, guys. Come on. Send us an email, conversationstreet at gmail.com if you want to let us read out all your things to say. And I'd also like people to be sending in their predictions. In fact, I'm going to say this now. Patrons have known this for a little while. But the prediction show, which is coming next week, we're doing a little bit differently, aren't we? Yes. You, Gemma, knows exactly what I'm talking about. We are doing predictions, prayers, and what's the other P? Pictures. Yeah, pictures. So I kind of... I was thinking, right, prediction... The, the problem with our what we've been doing for pictures in the last, sorry, predictions for the past few years is that we've kind of, they've been very long-winded and we know that they're not actually going to happen. It was just our way of saying, well, here's, here's what I would have happen this year if I was in the storyliners chair. But it was really more of a pitch. So we're going to do some pictures like that. We're going to do some predictions, which will just be like, short sentences I think that we will see a bit more of this character or, or just you know main, main little story beats that we might expect to see happening and then the prayers 
which are our hopes for next year, are just, I, I would like, really like this to happen. And again, just little ideas. So it's going to be a little bit of a different format, see whether we like it. And if you would like to send in any of your prayers, predictions or pictures, then do send us an email um, and we will read some out on the show. So, Gemma, would you like to read out this week's Facebook scores? Ricky gave it three and a half pixelated screensaver fireworks. <laughs> Jack gave it three random fancy chalange where the fruit machine used to be in the Rovers. Ah, now, I have to say, the fruit machine, we thought it had gone, but it's just moved, hasn't it? It's up by, um, like, where the piano is. They've, they've moved it to the other side of the bar now, so it's still there. In fact, it's even more of a temptation for Ed because as soon as he walks into the pub door, it's right there in front of him. But yeah. Richard gave it four birds. covering now. Four birthday cards from your dad, which you shake and hope that cash or a cheque will fall out of it, and it doesn't. Oh, that's sad. Out of five. The average score was 5, 3.53. 5.98 out of five. 3.53 out of five. That's a pretty good week. But Gemma, would you like to do uh, Nancy's email this week? Nancy says, It was great to see Steve helping to get the Rovers ready to open. I love the scene when Jenny and Daisy see the plats in the street. David's comments were hilarious. Uh, I, can, I can't... Was that only a week ago that they were... We didn't have any Jenny this week, did we? Didn't have any Daisy... I didn't have any David. It was like a completely different character. <laughs> I wonder if somehow Daisy and Daniel will get back together. I loved Jenny and Daisy in fancy dress. I did like the banter between Daisy and Bethany. Bethany must be there to write a huge story. Yes, she had her mystery phone call. Maybe next week we'll have a bit more of that. I love seeing Abby yelling at Cassie. I want to see more of Jack. And who takes care of Alfie? Good question. I'll give this week's episode <laughs> three sangrias out of five and the character of the week is Paul. See, Dancy likes the fancy dress. I don't think, I think I saw Rebecca saying that she didn't really get the fancy dress, but yeah. I appreciated it anyway. Um, Rebecca talks about Peter Ash's fantastic performance and um, understanding why he might want to go down that assisted dying route after the accident that he had in his flat last week. Um, she also says that she loved the stuff with David and Paul as well. Yeah, Dave, David had his one episode of being a friend to Paul and that's like anyway that is my duty done they made the joke about it didn't they when they came back from the pub and David saying oh there we go I've done my you know my help my dying man that's my that's my community service done but literally do it do it in January get he, out of the way he didn't see him again for all of this week and he's completely stopped being part of his story anymore oh yeah how often did you see your friends this week not many but I'm not dying hopefully so um, you never know. Till you I've got plenty of time. Here you go. Um, so uh, she she also says that Cassie is jealous of Abby's lifestyle because not too long ago she was like that too. However, if Cassie makes a move, Kevin will tell her where to go. That is a good point. That Cassie be lucky. It's not if this. Kevin doesn't deck her. Surely, <laughs> surely this isn't going to be another love story triangle because. I love Certainly, stuff love triangle story because surely there have been <laughs> enough of those recently. I would like to think that Kevin would be able to resist the charms of Cassie. Um, well, it depends on how well she can wash pants. This is true. Maybe they need to have a pant off. Yeah, maybe the pants have to go to the ones they love the most. And whoever the pants crawl towards is the one that Kevin will be with. I think he just needs to, like, bring out two of his dirtiest pair of Grundies. Bring out the pants! And then say, right, girls, whoever can get these whiter than white. Yeah. That's the that's my that's my future Three, woman. Three, two, one, wash. Yeah. And they're and like, get out the scrubbing brushes, yeah. mangles. Yeah. And if it's a, tri- a tie, then, sorry, we're on to the cooking the tea round. Yeah. <laughs> right, there are three fish fingers and two women. 
who's going to get the, the two and who's going to get the one. <laughs> anyway, um, Rebecca also says she's... What, Maybe the what? testers, right, ladies, we're having fish fingers for dinner tonight. Question is, what would I? What am I going to have with it? Hoops or beans? Hoops or beans? Hoops or beans? <laughs> I just want to... Maybe it's who can cook Kevin the the beigest dinner. Who can make him a uh, a British beige buffet special of sausage rolls, chicken nuggets, yeah. buttered rolls, crisps? Maybe a tin of mushy peas in there. That's too green. To... <laughs> um, anyway, back to the email. Glad that the puppy farmy storing is back. Puppy farmy? I can't get any of my words out right today. <laughs> but we need more puppies, Rebecca says. Well, we... We so, got loads. There was... Like, I mean, there was a... 10, 15 puppies in this week's episode. I was very satisfied with that. Stacked on each well. other, they were. Um, I did like Evelyn saying every dog has its day too. Um, glad that Bobby's got a job in the factory and that put legs on my theory. See, Rebecca has got theory about next week, next next year, this coming year predictions. She sent, she's, I know actually we have got a post on our Facebook group where people have been posting their predictions. Yeah, I have so deliberately I'm, not looked at it. I have also not looked at that, but we will do in time for next week's episodes. Um, Character of the week for Rebecca last week was Paul, just for Wednesday's episode, and she gives the week three and a half cups of Bethany's fruity tea out of five. I'm going to give it three and a half cups of Paul's mint tea out of five. I'm going to give it a three and a half cups of Gemma's lavender tea. Do you think... Send so you many, straight to the hospital. So many tea flavours. Do you think that, like, <laughs> Coronation Street rented out that speech tablet that Paul got last week because... It's just, or is they, it just back in its they box? They didn't pay for it because they're, he's not going to use it, is he? Well, not I'm if, grateful that is. Not if they go down the route that he's saying he is. Or maybe they need to program something into it to say, today's the day, <laughs> kill me now, yeah. Serious issue. How dreadful. Dreadful, dreadful, harrowing. Um, thank you very much to our latest Patreon. I don't think, did we say this person last week? Or did I, did I just keep it in the document? Or is it Laura Ginty? Tar very thank you much very much, for Laura. Signing up we to appreciate Patreon. you and all our other patrons. Thank you we so do much. Oh, and we donated lot. the money, didn't we? Oh yes, we did. Yes, so, December's December. money is now in a charitable place. What was it? Two hundred and seventy pounds. Yeah, MND Foundation are now two hundred and seventy pounds richer thanks to our lovely patrons. Yes, we really appreciate you guys for letting us uh, round all that cash up and send it off. To, so that somebody like Paul can ungratefully waste it on a book they're never going <laughs> to use. <laughs> yes, and uh, also thank you very much to Peter Ash and Dan Brocklebank yes. for, for for liking it and promoting the fact that we have done that as well. Yes, thank you. Thank, thank you. you for letting. Yes, that's why the only reason we did it yeah, for the likes. No. Um, you can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. Find us at conversationstreet podbean.com leave us a review on iTunes if you're feeling nice uh, I'm still not if you're not that. then shout into the void Instagram I, when was there. the last time we had an iTunes review it's it's, Probably, it's years now I'm going to say years do you reckon well, did we have one in the last year uh, I know that we've had some new listeners since then that are surely not it's because people aren't maybe listening on iTunes anymore it's yeah, iTunes Spotify. even a thing Spotify is the place to go um, last do time we have we got... Spotify reviews I think. Nineteenth of July. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe I need to go to Spotify. We do have we have schools on Spotify, and people write questions to us, don't they? Yes, and I, I just we don't, don't know how to see I, I, it. No, I, I don't understand Spotify. But uh, yeah, we got our YouTube. We're, we're doing all right. We're, uh, we're hip. Um, right. Are you going to find something? Oh, we got I... we got a four point nine on Spotify. Oh, that's which nice. Is that's higher than, than iTunes because than of iTunes. the people that have tried to review bomb us there. 
with those yeah. ones and twos. Yeah. And uh, yeah, from 103 scores. So that's quite high, actually. Oh, that is pretty good. Thank you, so lovely Spotifyers. On, yeah, Can you so write reviews on Spotify? 4.7 from 253 on, on Apple. Um, no, but you can you can answer you can ask a question, and it's if you go to about it says best place to start, and then it says Curry in twenty twenty three a year in review. Well, that's our latest Why episode, did it, isn't it? Is that is that right? Yeah, that's the one that we did a few what days ago. What a stupid ago. thing to do. <laughs> okay, and if you want we're more done. more like this, BBC Good Food podcast, we are quite social to work that. radio, film encounters of the Spielberg kind. I don't think it really understands what we are. A Quiet Night Inside Number 9. Those are quite good ones to be next to, isn't it? I think we're rambling now. Oh, The the Trader, a traitor's podcast. Now that sounds good. We're going. Goodbye, everybody. See you next week for some predictions, prayers and pictures. pictures. Thank you very much. Have a lovely weekend. And um, let's hope that Corey is back on the app again on Monday. Ta-ra, goodbye. See ya. Say goodbye, Gemma. Goodbye. Music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. <laughs>